Episode 23 is with Lance Corporal, Jake Ward from One Rifles. On reflection, this was a tough one. Jake was uh, very open and honest about his struggles with mental health issues in the past and how a toxic work environment led him to uh, attempted suicide. I'm glad to say that he's doing well now, but he's recently had a tough blow to deal with in his personal life, and we take a deep dive into that on the episode. Jake has a passion for photography and is, has a successful media page where you can follow his quality content at wardogs underscore greenlife and at wardogs underscore adventures. That's where I first stumbled across a guy and I was drawn to having him on as a guest as he posts some good instructional and topical pieces. He is recon, he's a mortarman, an artillery gunner and a swift and bold practitioner with a sword. I hope that got your rifle cunts a little creamy as we know it's all called a bayonet. He's on his way out of the army as we speak, but I urge you to listen to the podcast if you're going through any personal struggles and may, and you may be able to take something away from me shouting at Jake. Similarly, uh, if you want to understand the mindset and what the path looks like to a mental slip, Jake does a good job of describing that shit show uh, and how that led him to attempted suicide. It's rough. I want to state this before we even get into it. Every single bloke is valued valued beyond his own comprehension. All you need to do is phone any one of the boys and and be honest with them, and I guarantee you they'll save your life if you're at that at that point. And without further ado, the Lead Wasps podcast episode twenty three is live. Oh, zero four zero alpha confirm that's bombs dropping on Mazdrak. Anyway, mate, fucking thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day to fucking to come on and knock it out. I really appreciate it. No, no, thanks, thanks for having me, mate. Honestly, it's good. It's good to get out there and sort of, you know, I, I said it before. Like, there's so many just awesome stories out there in the, in the whole community, like across the world, you know. And, and if no one shares them, then they're they're just sat in a pub somewhere. You know what I mean? So, and. There's always something to be learned. I mean, I, I get it on the Green Life thing all the time. People send me messages. Like, I fired up that ear death thing uh, last night. I three or four blokes just messaged me back saying, like, oh, mate, you've massively changed my, my sort of um, that approach to hearing defence and stuff like that. And I'm like, boom, that's that's it. It's, it's a cliche, but even if one bloke gets something out of it, it's, it's worth it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's good to share this kind of stuff. You know I mean, even if you are just a private, like, everyone's... Everyone's got a, a story to tell, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Good. <clears throat> so what, and in fact, we'll, we'll probably start with a little bit of introduction. If you wouldn't mind just doing a very brief run through of just who you are for the for this episode. <clears throat> yeah. No so, pressure. It's not like we're, we're doing an icebreaker or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it always it always feels like that. It's, it's one of these uh, weird things, isn't it, when someone says, oh, just talk about yourself, and you think, oh, such an easy thing to talk about, and then you get to it, and you're like, Actually, I'm pretty boring, but <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, uh, it's, it's always a weird one where to start. So, so I was born and raised in Bristol. 
Um, I don't really think there was like massively that anything like insane about my childhood, really. Just like a normal kind of 90s kid, you know what I mean? Running around, um, just doing whatever. I mean, my school was about nine miles away from where I lived, just outside of Bristol. And uh, I knew I always wanted to join the army. Like, I was, I was watching like Iraq and Afghanistan like kick off on the news. It's like the older generations, like, actually, I remember quite vividly watching the news before I went to school and there was this news clip of this guy and he's wearing like t-shirt, um, fucking body armor helmet, runs out of this ditch, no rifle in his hand, just throws this fucking grenade and then runs back in the ditch. And I was watching that on, on the news like, before I went to school and I was like, that's fucking epic. And, uh, yeah, so I, I always wanted to get amongst it. I thought it was it was pretty cool, like watching watching that sort of unravel on the news and stuff. And then I knew I had to be fit, and I've I've never been like a massively fit dude to be honest. But I think my my strong point joining the army was like integrating fitness into my daily routine. So I used to carry like jerry cans up to the shed where my bike was, and then I'd ride my bike nine miles to school every day, and then ride it back. You know, so. I used to do like little things like that and then I'd I'd always be running around just doing just weird kid shit, you know, climbing yeah. trees, did getting you, muddy and did that. Did you play a sport? Um no. Not really. I mean I've never really got on with like team sports as such. I'd, it sounds like a bit of a I'm not a team player kind of thing to say, but I just don't really I don't know, I don't, I don't really get it. Like football didn't really interest me, like rugby was a bit at the time I've, I've really grown to like appreciate rugby now, but um, at the time it wasn't really for me, like hockey, cricket, all that. It, it, it wasn't for me, but you're more like extreme sports. They were a bit more interesting to me. You know, I was doing a little bit of trail, um, trail running and stuff like out and about. You know, I was sort of getting into the, I wasn't good. I was not good by any <laughs> means, but I was getting into like the BMX, like skateboarding kind of scene, you know, um, when we could, I used to go snowboarding with my dad. Uh, I did a bit of skiing as well. Um, do you know what I mean? So I used to do like little things like that um, rather than like team sports as such. So that, yeah. that was my kind of thing. Yeah. I was going to say the reason I ask is because obviously the, the like if you're being at school and you, 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 you're in a team environment and you like being in that team um, environment, but then you, you realize you're leaving school and you don't know where the fucking future is going to hold the, the army is a good place where you can get a team and uh you know be in a team environment and also earn a wage uh, which is something that a lot a lot of guys fucking might struggle when they're leaving school to to figure out what they want to do and you know the army is a good wa wage at the end of the day they might not start out like i was fucking earning 1100 quid after tax when i was in afghan at 18 mate it was, it was fucking looking back now i cannot believe that that's the amount of money they were paying me, but fuck me, they, that that's just that's a life, bro. I don't know. I uh, so I think this is one of those things that I've grown to appreciate more when I grew up. That all the people I went to school with, and this ain't knocking any of them, like, do you know what I mean? They they took their path, and I'm I'm proud of mine. But they all seem to just be like, oh, okay, sixth form of college is the next thing, and off they went. But for me, I was I was always like, I'm going to join the army. I remember like teachers being like, you need to try hard at school, and I get it. I'm not saying to anyone listening to this being like, oh, actually, well, he was all right, so I'm not going to try out at school. Like, that's not the score. Do you know what I mean? But for me, I don't think vocational education really worked. It wasn't 
it, it, it didn't play into my strengths. And then I was made to feel like an idiot. You know, I, I felt a little bit outcast because I just didn't get what was going on. You know, I was just, you always feel like an idiot because you just don't understand anything. And I'm not saying it's completely not my fault, you know, clearly you can learn anything, but it's things like languages. I never appreciated languages at school. And then I went to France on a deployment, um, like an exercise of a trials team. And uh, I was like, I really want to speak to these people. Like, why can't I just learn French? Do you know what I mean? And I, I picked up so much more French there doing it because I wanted to than I ever did in, in school. Do you know what I mean? So I think that was a driving factor for me for that. But I, I remember thinking like to these teachers, like, oh, I don't really care about these lessons. And I was like, look, at the time I wanted to join the artillery and I was like, well, worst case scenario, the infantry says literally no qualifications. And I was like, either way, I'm going to be in the army. I was like, fuck it. So I wasn't, I probably didn't try as hard as I should have done, but equally, I don't actually really regret it. Yeah. So, Well, you need, ma- you need maths and shit to do artillery, don't you? uh yeah yeah well to be to be honest mate like this is one of these things I no, that i listen, get a little listen, bit listen i have no idea about fucking what artillery people do all i know is that <laughs> they sound fucking mad when they're coming in over your head and they make a big bang when they go off in front of you that's essentially it isn't it but i i, I do get a little bit um frustrated when people say like oh the infantry is just full of idiots and you don't need these qualifications and all that like you don't and don't get me wrong, like you and you and me will both have occasions where we're like, fuck yeah, we've met some absolute characters, you know, but I've met some of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life in the infantry. Like, if you think the infantry is like an easy buckery thing where you just plod along, you, you can be, but you're going to be shit at your job. If you want to be decent and you want to be a good infantry, you need to be switched on. Like, you need to know what's going on and you might not be like academically all over it like but you need to be smart you you do like yeah it's it's funny as well because it forces you to be something that that you you're not comfortable being like when i first joined i was i was socially not awkward i wasn't socially awkward i just i was you know i would say i was a little bit different from most of the guys in terms of i don't know guess my upbringing you know I don't really, I can't really put a finger on it, but I just, I wasn't really from the recruiting area. Um, you know, I would say I was from five Scots recruiting area and then I joined three Scots, which is, you know, they've all got their recruiting areas. So the guys that are in them are generally from the one area and it's just, you know, they've all got something in common where I had nothing really in common with a lot of guys. And I actually found, um, you know, myself getting attracted to guys who were also outside of the recruiting area. It was weird, like Fijians, guys from uh, other countries, guys from South Africa, even people that are that are like in places like Edinburgh. Like I was drawn and accepted and friendly with the, these guys before I was with the main bulk of the uh, of the unit. But the thing it makes you do is it make if you want to be successful and you want to strive on, you you have to be willing to jump into the deep end and for you get forced you have to force yourself to make friends with these people and adapt your attitude to to fit in around them you know it's not it's not easy it's definitely a conscious choice that you have to make and the people who who choose not to do that and to self-isolate and um 
and to just accept that they're different from everyone else you know you, you see you see these people just lock their door at 5 p.m at the end of the working day and you know never progress never make good mates um and you know generally hang around with the same like-minded people who aren't willing to progress and change themselves because if you want to succeed you have to change yourself if you look at the rsms of these battalions right none of them joined with that per personality none of them i don't care what you say i don't care what you say these people have molded themselves into the men that they are and it goes with everyone you know you know all the way down from private soldier you you, you need to change as you as you progress and as you're um as you're spending your time in these units and if you don't like i said you, you'll just fucking you end up getting to three years hating life and, and saying enough and leaving and listen if that's if that's your path that's your path but if you really want to progress and succeed you have to mold yourself into something different um and i was forced to do that and as soon as i realized that i had to change my own personal uh personality to become um you know to become someone that fit in in my unit then i found success you know then i was um accepted by others and in turn uh, others accepted me for um the, the, the guy I, I was deep down you know and it's 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 very little things like if they're fucking you know because i was i was kind of serious i never ever really thought uh, you know laughing at myself was was something to be to be proud of and then when i joined the, when i joined i understood that you had to change your personality to succeed bro i fucking never stopped laughing at myself you know you you just take the piss out of yourself non-stop and then you know when when guys seeing that you're you're not vulnerable and you can you can just fucking you know absolutely take the rip at yourself they 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 take the rip at you as well and then you take the rip out of them and it's you know it just goes around a big circle and you become mates like that but yeah i definitely had to change my personality to succeed i don't know about yourself um my i think we'll, we'll probably get onto the whole the whole thing but Clearly, I, I joined two different units. So I joined like, well, three essentially. You know, so I, I joined two nine commando first. Then I joined one RHA, and then I joined one rifles. So three very different kind of units in a lot of different mentalities and the way they do things. You know, so the way I had to change and kind of like fit in and where I did and and where I found happiness, like is a very different thing over those three different units so yeah definitely cement yeah just talking now so what <laughs> what was your uh what was your career progression then because oh, oh, you started in the in the artillery right <clears throat> yeah so like i said originally i um i was watching all it kick off on on the news all like the afghan and stuff and then i always had a bit of a lure to to the green lid, to the fucking commando sort of thing. And it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I had a bit of a hard time at school, you know, you, you, you battle with these like self-worth kind of things. And I've seen it as something as like, oh, if I can fucking do that, I can do anything, you know, and it's, it's a hard goal, but it's obtainable, you know? So that was something I really wanted. And I actually went into the, to the Marine uh, recruitment office in Bristol. I, um, I think at like 14, 13 or whatever it was, you know, I wanted to get, get in the door early or something. I don't know. And, um, they were like, yeah, your BMI is too low. You know, you don't play rugby. Uh, you're fucking, you're scrawny. They're like, basically we don't think you're going to bulk out in like two years. Like they were like, your BMI is where 
you should be leaving training after like all that fucking um uh, what's it called malnutrition or something you know with the yeah, yeah. you just waste away essentially don't you do you know what I mean um they're like we can't accept you for training so i was like oh fuck but then i had uh, i had an interesting opportunity to do a look at life course with with two nine in, in plymouth so i went down there for a week um and that that was pretty epic i mean genuinely they really impressed me like they you know we would do like as a fucking 15 year old kid i was doing log races around the citadel like if you've ever been to plymouth and, and you realize what that is and if you've ever done a log race around the citadel you know dropping them off you know you're, you're running up the side of the battlements on the grass and that you're jumping in the fucking hoe it's it's a pretty insane thing to do when you when you are like 15 um we were doing that, flying around in helicopters, you know, did a bit of shooting and stuff. Like it was, it was like a really good week, and they just showed off what they did, and I was like, "Fuck, this is epic!" And I, was, you, you caught in that thing where, the army would accept me, and, you know, I, I don't know if it's shame in admitting it kind of is like a backdoor entry to the green lid in that in that way. I kind of got refused by the marines, and I was like, "Well, I'm still, I can still get the goal," you know. So, I've seen that. Um, and I thought that'd be a good good course of action. Ironically, I actually I'll just remember this because I forgot about it, but I did want to go to two four commando, the engineers. Mm-hmm. Um I thought, oh, I'll go there, get a trade, still do the commando bit, and it you know, when you're when you're a young kid and you don't know anything, because I didn't have any like I didn't have any friends, I didn't have any family in the army, like I was pretty much I had a great granddad who was a cold streamer, but I've never met him, you know. That's that's it really. So I was like, oh, that'd be a good deal. And then I didn't get the grades for it. So I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I'll go, I'll go two nine then. And then when I was at Harrogate, it was announced that two four commander was going to be disbanded. So I thought I was going to like dodge the bullet there. I was like, oh, <laughs> fucking nice one. But then I think they, they merged with five nine, five nine independent squadron or something like that. And then they, they cracked on. So good on them. But there, there was a moment, what oh, fucking hell, dodge that one. But um, but yeah. So obviously, two nine really impressed me, and I thought that was gonna be fucking sick. So I, I like went down that course, did my selection and all that. Bit of a bit of maybe unique story. In uh, I finished my selection on the Sunday. Monday I was in college, um, because I was like doing carpentry just to sort of time myself over and that. And um, I got a phone call, and they're like. Hi Jake, is uh is the recruiting office? You passed selection. Um, there's an opportunity for you to go Friday. Uh, we need to know in like half an hour. And I was like, oh fucking hell. Of course um, I did. I was like, oh yeah, a bit of foreshadowing to the rest of my career. I was like, oh Jesus Christ. But um, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to ring my mum first because like we had a <laughs> we had a holiday for uh, Florida, and obviously I was only like 15 as well. I was like, yeah. So I like rang him back and I I said to my mum that I was like, look, I really want to do this. Like I've always wanted to do it. And my family, like absolute testament to them, like always supportive of everything we want to do, you know? So they were like, you've got to do it. Just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a quick conversation. You know, it was like, they, they were sad that I was going to go, you know, naturally like any, like any parent is, you know, but yeah, they were like, crack on. So I rang them back. I was like, yeah, we'll do it. Got, um, <laughs> went back into my, back into my class i was like yeah um so the army just rang me um i'm going friday i'm, I'm not gonna be in this week that's me i'm, I'm kind of done 
And I think he <laughs> thought I was joking. Um, I didn't go in after that, and that was it. Fast forward a couple of couple of months down the line, my mum got a call from the college saying, like, can you tell us why Jake isn't in this exam? And my mum was like, can you tell me why my son's been in the army for the last, like, six months, and you've only just now told me? And they were like, oh, fuck. Uh, talk yeah, about, talk about duty of care. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, what do you mean? insane but uh how is it obviously you you went to harrogate how and you started off in harrogate uh in the artillery did you just what reading through your bio that you sent me it seemed like you when you were at harrogate you decided you want to change the infantry yeah so i was quite right? lucky yeah yeah so i was quite lucky that my platoon commander my two of my section commanders they were they were riflemen, and then the other two section commanders were infantry as well. Or my sorry, one of my section commanders and my platoon sergeant, a bloke called um, oh fuck, I'm gonna forget his name now. Oh, what is his name? He's a fucking Welsh guardsman, and he is an absolute legend. <laughs> oh no, this is doesn't matter, mate. No one listens to this anyway. Oh. Oh, I don't know. He, he was he was an absolute legend, though. He, um, yeah, I, I won't go into the whole fucking crack of it, but he's insane. And it was just their attitude as like, as infantiers, and, and obviously section commanders as riflemen. I was like, fuck, I want a part of that. You know, there, there was a few geezers from two nine cutting around, and you know, there was always that allure. And I was like, oh yeah, it'd be cool to get the green lid, but I can't about a, a change of heart. And I was like, do you know what? I want to be a fucking rifleman. You know what I mean, and like, you ever. You ever meet Rothman in that, and you you're just impressed by him, like that that level of pride, you know, and it's it's just backed by history, and it's I don't I've never seen it as arrogance. Like some people will, and and, and that's their own that's their own uh, views to have, which, which is all good. But um, I've always seen it. It's just like this air of confidence, and mm-hmm. I've always thought oh, I want a piece of that. You know what I mean? So. I uh, I banged the tabs in, and I said to him, "I was like, yeah, I want to I want to change the rifles." So it was a bit bit of an interesting thing because there was a lot of people that were in the infantry, or like cat badge of the infantry, and wanted to go off to the other arms, but they were like denied because so many fucking people wanted to do it. Because all these lads are like gone to depot and they're like, "Fucking hell, I'm not doing this." They were like, "Fuck cat rig. like if it, do you mean this is insane? I'm not I'm not stepping out from here." Um, <laughs> But I was like going the other way and I was like, can I not just one for one, like just on a pit? But they, they refused it. I think three times I asked for it in Harrogate. Um, and it, and it just got denied. That's pretty poor, ma- like, pretty poor management. If you ask me, there's no reason why you couldn't have, you know, at least, at least done a one for one, never mind just done a, a fucking tr- a straight, uh, pit swap or, you know, change your pit. Uh, there's no way in the world that there was an actual reason behind that other than some fucking officer deciding that no you know there's no technical reason why you wouldn't have been able to do that whatsoever but uh yeah. anyway so I, I guess you you finished uh harrogate as a as a gunner and what's it what was it like for you rocking up to uh, i don't even know what they fucking called did they be battalions or regiments or what what did the guns no nah, so them? i i finished harrogate as phase one so that's all your phase one training and then i went to lark hill for phase two like trade training um but Lark Hill is considerably different to something like Catterick. 
for Carrick's like one set course, you've got a platoon and you and you know when you're gonna leave essentially and you know what the what the FOE is essentially. Lark Hill is very different because you're then it's basically a course of courses. So you've got like modules you've got to hit. Mm-hmm. so coming from Harrogate I didn't have a, a driving license or anything so I had to wait for my driving license had to do this course and that course and because there were so many people do you know what I mean there's a management because there's people from Purbrook coming in and then um, wherever else comes in and then another batch of Harrogate comes in so I was in phase two for like eight months which was a fucking grizz because I think the course is only about three yeah it should only be about but, three months right yeah yeah exactly but the rest of that time you're spent doing like continuation training. It's just, it's like being a battalion. You just yeah. walk around camp sweeping leaves and, and you're like, what the fuck Picking is this? Fag butts. Yeah. It, no, honestly, got it. It was. And I was like, and you have those screws and like, Oh, you think this is shit? Where'd you get the battalion? This is just battalion. <laughs> I was like, this can't be it. Cause you come from training and you, everything's, you're pushing yourself daily. And then all of a sudden, like you go to like phase two and it's like, stop. You know, it was just it was like hitting a brick wall, and I was like, "This is fucking pump." Um, it was lucky it was kind of all right though. The saving grace of that was because I was going to two nine. They do like specialist training, right? Um, not not to like big that up, you know. I've probably made that sound more magical than it actually is. Essentially, it was just two extra fizz sessions in the evening, um, run by two nine, uh, seven parrot, and four seven three. So if you were going to go to any three of those units, you do like extra training with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really good because then you sort of bonded with the rest of the lads you were going to go to two nine with. You know, you had a bit more of a relationship with the with the instructors, um, and you had more of a head of start on like learning stuff like ropes, especially if you're going two nine. Um, so that was pretty good. Um, but other than that, it was pretty fucking pumped. To be honest, didn't really do anything. Didn't really learn much. Didn't touch any artillery, um, which blows people's minds because they're like, "What do you mean?" But you think about it, there's only I don't, not a lot of them are guns regiments, like actually, because there's like your I star fucking battalions or whatever, and all these other things. And then do you train on light gun or AS ninety? So they, they don't do any like gunnery there, which is kind of shit to be honest but i think every, everyone in the artillery should probably be trained on a light gun but fucking just right. that's as a basic you know. that's you know you should be at least able to fire some sort of fucking artillery piece yeah you talk to a fucking gunner and you're like oh what's firing artillery like and he's like oh, i don't know mate i just float it i just fucking throw desert hawks and you're like oh <laughs> cool yeah Sounds like i said mate, I, like i said i have no idea about <laughs> artillery or anything like that whatsoever i know how to call it in off a fucking crib card mate but that's about it uh <laughs> and they've got a shitty fucking patch blue and red but that's about it um so what was it like when you were starting to get to your your unit and getting in the mix there then yeah so that was fucking terrifying so i get off the the train in plymouth get in a taxi i had no idea where the citadel was i just said to the dude i was like can you take me to the Citadel, please? And he was like, uh, fresh meat are you? I was like, fucking hell, even the taxi drivers <laughs> ring on this. I was like, fucking hell. So I rock up at the Citadel, and um, luckily, because everyone leaves Larkill at different points, essentially, when you finish, that's you gone. 
So there's drips and drabs leaving. So as I walked in, one of the lads who was ahead of me, he was walking out and he was like, oh, what are you like? Come on, I'll, I'll take you where you need to go. I was like, oh, fucking nice one. It's, it's such a relief to see a, like a friendly face, you know? And then off I went through there. Um, so I was sat in 7-9 battery for about a week, maybe two weeks, I think, working in their comm store for a bit, living in uh, what we call like the hat shacks. So they were basically uh, like porter cabins at the back of the citadel for like all the hats to live in until you'd like pass calls, um, which like we laugh about and we think it's funny, but it is great. Like I actually love that kind of mentality because it, it bred this kind of not resentment because you are kind of treated like a, like a second class citizen essentially. You know, if you haven't got a green lid, then you're fucking nobody. Like, if there's shit jobs going on, then you could bet your ass the hats are doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and all that. But it breeds that kind of mentality that you either, you either, like, sit there and cry about it, and you go, oh, I'm getting bullied, you know, oh, I'm still a fucking person. Well, fuck off. You're not who we want anyway. Or you have the right attitude, and you go, yeah, Roger, I'm going to fucking be, I'm going to get my green lid. I'm going to get fucking moved into the fucking citadel. You know, I'm going to prove my fucking place in this gaff. You know, you have that mentality. And I think you're in a, you're in a better position, essentially, you know. And that's from, not gobbling off about things that I don't know about, but from lads that I'm still in contact with from 2-9, they've got a massive problem now where, you know, the, the badged geezers are fucking treated worse than the fucking hats. And when that happens, that's it, like... You've, you've lost it. You know, you've lost your upper hand, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. so that was a bit of a shame. But um, it was good. Yeah. So, obviously, you're getting beasted all the fucking time, constantly, but in a constructive way. And I think 2-9's got a really good mentality, actually, where they, they actually know what they're doing. Um, and it, it was good. So, we went down to Oakhampton, did my beat-up. So, that was all, like, pre-commando sort of stuff. Um, learning the ropes quite literally um, nav fitness you know a bit of knowledge all that kind of good stuff like really good high level core foundation like soldiering skills that I think stuck with me for essentially my whole career so some really good like training there then on to pre-commando that was essentially the same thing but a bit more a bit more tests thrown in so they had like boot necks come down from uh, from Limpston and they would like evaluate to essentially say like, oh yeah, two nine geezers are actually doing the right training and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And I think two four did the same thing. So if you're going down the army commando route, you'll either get shifted in with two nine or two four, um, and they'll kind of I say sponsor you, but they'll like look after you whilst you're going through your training, and then you'll get like posted in with them sort of thing. Yeah, because I know I think there was a I swear there was a latch jack from five squats actually five was it four green green hackle i uh, know that's five uh five scott yeah so yeah the last draft from five scots he uh he was on the commander course i was on so you always get like trips and drabs with like random fucking geezers you're yeah. like i mean like you know, a bit, bit random like cool 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 opportunity don't get me wrong but yeah it was a bit random i have, no idea. I have no idea what fucking strengths he must have pulled to get on that because for us for regular infantry lads isn't like getting on P company and getting on a commando course is it's just not even a thing because there's no way yeah. in the world that we need it. The only way that it's, it's, it's 
actually coming around to to benefit the battalion is if <coughs> we end up doing fucking parachuting and we're never ever ever going to do that because we don't have the capability that's a whole different ball yeah. game um I've, I've known people to go to go and get it one of my good mates uh tony care he went and done p company and but he was doing it on the on the premise that he would go and transfer and he ended up down in one parcel he done it prior to transferring so that's i know that's the only reason i know he got it but apart from that i've never heard of I mean, I've heard of it. I've not seen anyone else that I know going and doing commando, the fucking commando tests or, or P company, unless you're actually going to transfer to those units, uh, of which I've only seen one so far. But yeah, it's, it is interesting seeing that guys are getting on those courses on dribs and drabs. Yeah. So then, obviously, got loaded onto the actual commando course. And that was quite interesting for me. I was like, fucking hell, because I've never been like a massively fit dude. Never been the best, you know, at anything, you know, and all of a sudden I was, I was there and I was like, fucking hell, this is it. Got through the first week, got through the second week, you know, and then I think it was like the Monday morning of, uh, of the third week. I was carrying this geezer on bottom field, went over my ankle and then that was it. Like, I was fucking, I was done. Broke down crying in front of all the lads because I was like, this is it. You know, you can't, you can't really continue with that, you know. Yeah. I could have done. I had, I had a lot of fucking drugs on me. You know, I could have just popped him, but I, I like a moment of clarity was like, this isn't a good idea to, to just take pills to get through this. Because I mean, I remember at the time, I think the course prior to mine, there was an officer that a past course, he like fractured his hip or something and he passed the 30 miler. Sorry, actually, I think he started all the commando tests with a fractured hip, did all the commando tests, passed the 30 miler, badged, got in battalion. And then that was it. He was on the biff. Like, <laughs> that's it. I was like, what's the fucking point in that? Like, you don't want to do the commander course to get a green lid and be like, right, cool. Sit in your room and go off. You want to do commando shit. Do you know what I mean? And if you've got a fractured hip, you're not going to do that. So, you know, I, I had the mentality of like, right, well, this ain't my time now. I'll put this on the back burner for now and then I'll, I'll go back to this. Fortunately, I never did. Um, something I've, kind of come to regret but kind of don't you know what I mean because at this point like I said you do it because you want to do commando stuff you know and if you're not going to do it then it's, it's a lot of pain a lot of graft yeah and is it really worth it just isn't is an arrogance point you know really I think you know not not to put down I've, I've got massive respect for any man who's fucking done it don't get me wrong but you don't get the value out of it in the same capacity I don't think you know yeah, if, if, if you ask me, mate, I think unless you're going to be a fucking marine, in in one of those units, then it's just a trophy. It's it's nothing other than you know yeah. just a fucking trophy. You know, it, it might look good on your fucking on your arm having that army commando or having the fucking the the green berry or whatever. But you ended up getting a green berry anyway, albeit in a different shade, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, I I give my mates fucking oozing too long shit about that all the time. My <laughs> shade's way better, rifle green. Yeah, but um... yes, that, that was um, that was pretty bad, bad time for me. You know, like, I was pretty upset about that. But then I just kind of seen it as opportunity, and I was like, right, went back to the Citadel. Um, I asked for a transfer over the rifles. I was like, okay, I've tried my hand at this. You know, I've I've still got this desire because I still I always wanted to do it, and I thought, fuck it, I'll get that green lid, and then I'll transfer over anyway because surely having the green lid made me more attractive. And I think three command um, one rifles was still in three commander at the time. Um, 
And then this must have been about the same time they moved out of the brigade as well, actually. But um, so I always thought I'd have the opportunity with them later on down the line anyway. Yeah. But clearly that, that didn't uh, that didn't work out. But um, yeah, they, they were like, yeah, cool, mega. We work with one rifles. They're fucking gleaming blokes from like Herrick 14 and that. Um, proper awesome. But you can't transfer from here. You're going to have to go to like a fucking hat reg. So I was like, oh, right. Okay, cool. So I ended up going to 1RHA. And that was a fucking massive culture shock. What the hell is like, 1RHA? Uh, first Regiment Royal Horse Artillery. Oh my fucking God. So it's probably it's, it's probably not what you're thinking. So the artillery is essentially broken down into like the Royal Artillery and the Royal Horse Artillery. There is essentially no difference apart from the cat badge is called a cipher and it looks different and the batteries are broken down into letters rather than numbers. Off the top of my head, I think that's the only differences. But they, they still do the same jobs and stuff, you know. Um, and they're not on fucking just... horses. I understand you're not going to do fucking Afghan on a horse, but like <laughs> in terms of they're not these cunts cutting about London on horses, are they? Uh, yes, yeah, so that's King's Troop, which is a part of the horse artillery. So it's it's going to get fucking really confusing. Hell, bro. Yeah, we probably won't let's get skip that, that shit and let's get back on the fucking grunt life. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I fucking ended up going there, and their mentality was. Again, you know, my, my own thoughts and my own, you know, and this is this is forged from my own experiences and stuff. Um, but I fucking hated it there. Their mentality is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Like you, you go from a level of like from two nine where everyone's got this like goal, you know, everyone knows what they're doing, they're so driven and they're like, We're doing this and they've got this pride, you know, everyone's got fucking commando fucking dagger tattoos and got like fucking Two nine and fucking numerals all over the fucking body and that, you know, everything you do like if there's a moment of weakness you're like I'm a fucking commando like, and and being surrounded by that fucking mentality is mega, and then you fucking free fall into that absolute fucking shithole of Tidworth, and yeah that put me in a fucking really weird like mental space to be completely honest with you like, I hated it, absolutely hated it. It was what the worst three years of my fucking life you know um yeah so to be fair this is like something i only really like started talking about but i, I genuinely wanted to fucking kill myself like twice you know and i i even came to the point of like trying that uh, like yeah two points Jeez. just what was it what was it that fucking jo- drove you to that point it was that feeling of like value and like self-worth you know you try so hard for like that that green lid and that and like being surrounded by a mentality and you you're built up so high and then you just fall down like there was nothing to everything i did i was like right okay i want to do this because this makes sense you know but it was just network yeah but we've always done it this way like fuck you in your opinion you know like and you weren't you weren't respected in the same way you weren't like built up like you are in the infantry. Like obviously there's character building in the infantry, but it's for the goal that we want better soldiers. You know, when I was there, I was just knocked down because everyone thought I was a prick. You know, like it's a very different mentality, you know? Let me let me take a guess here. You say you're knocked down because everyone thought you were a prick. Were you thought of being a prick because you were questioning all the bullshit that was going on around you? 
or were you being a prick? <laughs> you know what I'm getting. You know what I'm getting at here. When yeah. you kind of when you yeah, kind of yeah. voicing your opinion, <laughs> saying, "Look, we're fucking doing this wrong here. Like, there's way better things to do than all this bullshit that we're doing. We should probably be doing more training." I'm guessing that's what you were saying or voicing up. I was like, "Don't right, don't get me wrong. I I, I get your point there." And there were a few times when I probably brought on myself a little bit. No, 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 no. I'm not for one sec, one second calling you a prick. I'm just, I, know, <laughs> I was trying to raise the point that you, you were, they were calling, they were li- essentially, I going to, you're going against their grain, right? And their grain is fucking sit back in your arse, pick up a wage, and because of that, they, you know, they obviously, they obviously didn't take to take too kindly to that. You're ruffling up their feathers, and obviously, you're just trying to fucking you know, progress and um, raise the standard. And that's where I'm getting at. I'm not for one second fucking saying that you're, you know, prick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I think it, it was a little bit where like, I kind of went in with an attitude of like, well, I've just come from 2-9 and we do it that, like, this way here. Why don't we do it here? Like, it was like, I've seen the light of how things could be and I didn't understand why they weren't. You know, I, I fucking hate card games. I fucking hate card games and I hate them because that's all we did and did with. I went to work, you know, and we played fucking cards. And it, I fucking hate it to this day. Like, it just brings back these fucking shit memories of, like, just being sat around. I don't know where my lance jacks were. I didn't know where the screws were. I didn't even know if I had a platoon commander. Like, the, the commander leadership was absolutely fucking atrocious. Like, it just left you. You went out to the gun parks. You swept it. You swept it again. You went back after lunch, you swept it again. Like, it was, there was nothing going on. There was no, like, you know, I, I went from this drive of, like, wanting to join the army to go to Afghan and fucking get green lid and fucking smash the gaff up, you know? And then I was sat in this fucking hangar sweeping. I was like, this is... And then I think that, along with that sort of, you know, you, you start spiralling and your mind goes, like, who am I, you know? Like, I've let everyone down... You know, I'll stop going home on the weekends because I don't want to face my family because of like the shame I fucking felt. You know, like I start drinking a fucking lot. You know, I used to leave my door unlocked so blokes could wake me up in the morning and used to open my door. And what would open what would wake me up was just like beer cans and bottles like opening like behind the fucking door and that. And it was just it was fucking I look back and I'm like, I don't I don't know why anyone like seen that and was like okay this is normal because it wasn't like in any capacity i mean yes sadly um, you sadly in general society is not but you know in a military fucking community it, it, almost people who do who do do that and who do drink every single night <coughs> it's just oh that's just that that's just how he is you know what i mean he has fucking 10 cans a night that's that's just who he is you know what i mean it's you know people People obviously understand it, but you know, maybe the guy's got a bit of a problem. But fuck it, he'll be all right, you know. And that—that's not the way it should be. That's not the way, um, you know. We should probably have be having words with each other. And you know, I've seen I've seen it time and time again. These you know, a bunch of guys who, like you said, just close the door at night, fucking sit in the dark and drink fucking ten cans, listening to fucking slip Slipknot music or whatever, and. <laughs> or fucking old Irish tunes or whatever, I don't fucking know, but, you know, they just sit in the room and just fucking waste away the night, not not yeah. enjoying themselves in the slightest bit to, you know, go out and do things with your, with the blokes or, 
um you know i don't know fucking whatever it might be but you know it's, it's all too often that these characters are out there um let's just let's just fucking quickly talk about that because mate you know it's it's an issue at the minute it's been an issue for years about suicide and stuff like that um did you ever seek any help for it or did you ever did anyone ever did you or anyone ever address it not really it's it's one of those things i yeah i I, I don't know where i'm gonna go out with this but at the time it just felt like the only option like i said you you know we we had we had a brief conversation about the other day and uh and I, i get what you said about it but it's one of those things like who who did i turn to you know like who I didn't have any faith in my leadership because I didn't know who they fucking were, you know. And if I did know who they were, they hated me, you know. You can't turn to people like that and be like, "Oh yeah, I've got these fucking feelings," because I genuinely didn't think they'd care, you know. In all fairness, that might not be in the case, you know. And if any of them like ever hear this, you know, then that is what it is. Like that's how I felt at the time. Um, but it's, it's one of these things, isn't it? It's like, you, who do you turn to? You know, it's, it's a hard thing to, like, turn around to people. Like, I had to tell my mum the other day, like, some stuff that's, like, come up recently, you know. I, I told her I did it, and she, uh, yeah, it, that wasn't a fucking great conversation to have, you know. And that's that's one I really love and care about. So how do you tell just random people? Like, it's, it's, it's a hard conversation, I think, you know. Yeah. And what could anyone have done? You know, there was that there was that kind of feeling of like, well, what do I, do I just leave the army? Do I? Because you know, I wasn't happy there. I wasn't. Nothing was challenging me. Nothing was like pushing me to any sort of place that I wanted to be. So, what was I going to do? And that's all I wanted to do in my life was be a soldier. So if I lost that, then what? What did I have? I was like, well, fucking hell, what are the options? You know? Yeah. Admittedly, if I did talk to people. Maybe there would have been options, you know, maybe there would have been things that just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it's not there, you know, and time and time again in my, in my life, that's, that's proved itself, you know. But at the time I felt alone, you know, there, there was people there, I, I had a girlfriend at the time, you know, but I didn't feel like I could go to her about it. You know, I was, I was still quite young then, what was I, like 19, 20, you know, so... Yeah, it was it was just a really fucking dark place for me, I think, to be honest. And I didn't have any of like the life experience. I didn't have any of the, the thought processes. I didn't have any of the support that I do now mm-hmm. in any capacity, you know, to to see that. And and that's why like I've seen things recently and it really gets to me because I I know those feelings like and I appreciate it. I, I say I appreciate it, I, I understand those feelings and I know where they're coming from. And it's a really hard place to, to even talk to, to, to talk to anyone about it because you, you do have these fucking feelings, especially in the military of it being like weakness, you know, like giving up and people call it like the fucking, the easy way out or something. But like, I tried twice because the first time I just tried fucking drinking myself. Like I just gunned it. I was like, yeah, this would be a fucking great idea. You know, obviously I just fucking passed out long before I fucking actually did it but that was my kind of intention and then the second time I was like oh I'll just take a fuckload of pills you know and then 
I had all these fucking pills ready to go in front of me and I, was, I just couldn't do it. Like, just have these, I don't know, it was just this moment of like, I don't want to do this. Like, just had a brief moment of determination. I was like, oh, I still want to be a fucking Rothman. I still fucking want it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I seen it as that shining light at the end of the fucking tunnel. Maybe I was lucky that I had that fucking, that thought to have a goal. If, if you don't have it, then essentially what would I have wanted to live for? Like, why wouldn't I have took those pills, you know? So that's, that's why I think it fucking gets to me because I understand it. You know, I've I've been there and I fucking I know. Yeah, it's rough yeah. it's rough hearing that. Um and then I don't know if I you know, so you've got the the, the Green Life page on Instagram, right? And I've I followed that and then I seen you deleted it and I was like, What's there's something going on there, something fishy. So then you, you brought it back and you put a video up saying that you were fucking I don't know, you were feeling shit and that you know, all this all this negativity had come your way and that's a sign for me you know i've always i like to back up back up my bullshit and say listen if anyone's ever struggling they can always reach out to me but if i see something and i'm not i I don't i don't then reach out or i don't then try and you know help when i can like i'm not saying that you you were suicidal when or anything recently but you know that video mate that video you put on your page mate that that to me is a fucking sign of something not going right and it's you know it's it's I'm, I, I don't know how to fucking fa- uh, phrase this but what it sounded to me was like it was a, a little bit of a cry for help well and you can tell me if i'm wrong you can tell me if i'm wrong or you could maybe just tell me that you were you know seeking seeking a little bit of support in a tough time but whatever it was bro i fucking felt i felt it and um you know, I reached out to you immediately and I said to you, listen, if you fucking need anything, anything, just get in touch. Um, because I fucking got your back. And before it bro, bro, I didn't even I don't even know you, but you're fucking an infantry in the British Army. So you're my brother. And listen, um, I don't know what's going on in your life. I know a little bit, um, and I know you've had some shit 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 times in the recent couple of months, but bro, like I said to you, there's always 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 it's always green on the other side always and listen um back at back then when you you attempted to take your life twice what was the green green on the other side getting to the rifles wasn't it what's it going to be now i'm not saying you're suicidal now or anything um but what's it going to be now it's going to be something that's going to come unexpectedly to you and let me tell you one thing bro if, if you're as determined as you have been to to save yourself twice from suicide, you're going to be doing fine in life, bro. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that, man. I really do. And I think just to address that video, you know, like I don't know, I don't know if I'd want to call it a, a cry for help as such, but I think it was it was from a place of like that I've fallen back. You know, so so essentially skipping forward a bit. I had a girlfriend, she's in California. Um, she she dealt me the ultimatum. She was like, right, you know, I want a relationship with you. We want a future, but I don't want a long distance thing for like longer than a year. At this point, we'd been like two years, two and a half years or something. 
they were well over that anyway because of like the COVID situation and like me signing back on to do Nigeria and stuff. But she, uh, she wasn't keen for it, you know, and then, but without going into it too much, like she, she essentially just left me, you know, and I'd, I'd like quit my job to be with her. You know, I had all these intentions. I made all these plans to, to move across the world to be with her. You know, I've given up all these opportunities to buy a house, you know, because there's a lot of like future plans that I've just sacrificed because when well, I'm going to go to America, like I can't commit anything in the UK because I need it there. I need to build it up. You know, I need those, I need those funds that I've got now to, to set my life up there. You know, and then this is only a month ago and I leave the army in a month. So two months out, she she just rips the fucking world out underneath me, you know, and I'm not I'm not here to sound resentful. I, I really don't because you know, I, I genuinely love her. Like, I've got so much fucking respect for her. You know. And it was just one of those things that I think I just came to a point where I was like, fuck, what is my purpose? You know, and I, I kind of slipped back to these fucking feelings of how I felt when I was in Tidworth. Like I didn't have that, you know, didn't have that job anymore. I didn't I don't know where my fucking where I was gonna live, you know. Like genuinely I, I live on a sofa in my mum's house right, house right now because I, I wasn't gonna commit to a house because I was gonna go to California in like fucking two months. Like I'm not gonna pay rent, you know, or more rent than I do now, you know, to live somewhere else because I need that money for the future. So there was all these fucking things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it just put me back in that fucking like headspace a little bit where I was like, fuck, I don't have any purpose. Like, I've let everyone down, you know, like everyone thought I was going to do this and do that. And, you know, let me stop you there. Bro. All of a sudden, let me stop you all there. Of a sudden it's gone. So let me stop you there. You just said that you've let everyone down. Who the fuck have you let down? <laughs> no, I, tell me, I hear tell you. Me, tell me who you've let down. It's it's one of these things like not, you feel you, you feel like you've let yourself you, down. Yeah, you know? you've not let anyone else down. You said no. that you feel that you've let everyone down, but you couldn't name anyone that you've let down. No one's fucking let down by your actions, bro. Some girl halfway across the world that you were in love with decided that's it. And you know what, bro? If it's to be, it'll be. If she didn't want it, you know that's fine. But there's look, there's plenty more fish in the sea, and it's going to hurt now. But bro. If if she's not willing to wait for you, or if she's not willing to to accept the situation that's going on right now for an extra month or two months, bro, then you know it's probably a good thing she's done it now because in the future, if she's not willing to wait a month or two months for you now, what's the chances that she's really fully committed to you? And it might be a tough pill to swallow, but you know you've probably dodged the bullet there. I might imagine. And yes, listen a massive thing like moving to the states and all this sort of shit and getting a house and going to college and all that it seems like it's the end of the world because it's you know you've been planning it for a long time but do you have both your arms do you have both your legs are you still breathing yeah you're all good bro you're all good readjust <laughs> realign re-engage truth but i think that's that's what the that video was about was like you said, putting your money where your mouth is, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I had those feelings and I, I appreciated it more now than I fucking ever have, you know? And I know for a fact that, <clears throat> I know to me it means so much fucking more because it was more than like losing a relationship, it's losing 
essentially in the whole fucking world, like, honestly, like, the Karen is, like, so much more to me than just, like, you know, some girl. She is, like, a fucking partner to me, you know, like, in, in every sense. And then, obviously, there's a the whole fucking future attached to it, and then there's the sacrifices, and it, it all kind of, like, start piling up a little bit and I was like fucking hell and like I said put your money where your mouth is like I've shared a few things recently you know before then and I was like yeah lads if you're down like talk to people and stuff and it's it's so easy to say that like to type that fucking comment you know post that little thing on your story and I'm I'm not saying for like a second that nobody means what they say when they say that yeah you know 100% if you see it and you feel like you need to you know, you just, you see that comment and you're like, oh, do you know what? I could do with a chat. Take it. Do you know what I mean? 100%. But it's easy saying that, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're happy, when you're in a position of comfort. And I've always said this in, in, uh, in camp, people sit there and naffy and they're fucking warm and they're dry and they've got their fucking coffee. And they're like, oh, snipers is buck shit. Oh yeah, fucking junior. Oh, three miler. Yeah, all it is is a fucking walk. Like, it's easy saying that now, mate, but when you're actually there doing it, it's a fucking very different story. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I bet you can look back on, on contacts now and say, like, oh, actually, you know, it wasn't that bad, you know, like rounds are coming in or whatever, you know? But at the time, it's a very different story. Yeah. You know? And it was kind of that, that thought process was like, okay, I recognise these feelings. I understand them so much more now. I know now that I've got more of a reason to sort of like want to live and stuff. Like, I don't want to slip back to that, but I don't want to big time it on this year because that's not like who I am and that, but that green life stage has got some influence. Like, even if it is just one person and it changes their attitude for ear, ear defense, that's great. And I don't want anyone to look at me and think like, oh yeah, I'm someone to be like emulated or anything. But if I can turn around and say like, look lads, I'm fucking hurting here. Like I'm in pain. You know, if you need that help and reach out, that's got to be a good thing. You know, and if, if one person fucking does that and they're in a fucking worse position than I am, that that could be one fucking dude, you know. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. And the, the fallout of that fucking video, like, it was hard to post, honestly. I mean, to fucking record it. And... No, bro, listen, let me tell you one thing. As soon as I seen it, I knew how hard that would have been to even make, never mind put out there to the world. And, like, I can't appreciate your transparency enough, mate, because, like you said, you're putting your money where your mouth is. You're telling people, listen, I'm not all right. It's time to talk. Let's fucking get this off my chest. Um, and, look, big time in it or not, you've got 2,500 people that follow you daily when you put your posts up. And most of them all of them want to fucking want you around bro you know it's not it's not as if two and a half thousand people bro that's five battalions that's five <laughs> battalions worth of men when you look at it like that bro that's a lot of fucking support you've got a lot and and putting up putting a video up like that um you know it's it's fucking harder than probably taking taking your own life because you can take your own life, you pull a trigger, boom, done. Or, but actually putting yourself out in a place of vulnerability like that—that's going to be there for however long until you delete it, or until until Instagram bans you for someone something you do in the future. <laughs> that's going to be there forever, bro. 
That's a place of extreme yeah. vulnerability that it takes extreme strength to do, to open yourself up like that to the odd, to the wider world. And like, you know, I support all all this all the stuff that's going on in veterans uh, community and wider community with men's mental health. And let me just tell you one thing: it might be that that you are a veteran, but I think in general it's just men's mental health and just mental health in general that is the that the stigma needs to be, be removed about. I'm very lucky, all right, very very lucky. I've never had any issues of PTS. Um, you know, PTS, some, that's a fucking new PC way of seeing PTSD, right? So I've never had any issues with PTS. Uh, I've, ha- I've had about, I don't know, a bad spell of about three months where I was, you know, I was depressed, but I've, I managed to fucking figure it out myself and it wasn't extreme. Um, I understood that the only way I could do that is by fucking completely uh, flipping my life around um, I had a missus, I had a house, I had all this, and I, you know it was it wasn't what I wanted. It was you know I ended up not being in love with my missus. I ended up not wanting the house. I was I was doing everything for everyone else, and I was getting angry at my missus. I was getting angry at my fucking my my family. I wasn't meeting the mates. I wasn't doing the things that I should normally be doing, and that's when I you know I kind of had a little fucking uh, pity party for myself in front of my mum and my missus. And then from there, that's when I realized, you know, like, fucking, I'm I'm obviously depressed right now. But it took, you know, and my career taking a fucking a tumble. I'd got a long-term injury. I was looking at getting med discharged. Everything, mate, everything. I had the biggest reason in the world to throw a pity party and life got on top of me. And that's all it is. It's a bit, a little bit of depression. And I figured a way subconsciously to get out of it. Fizz, eating well and fucking um taking a couple man the fuck up because you know there's a lot that listen bro there's a lot of fucking uh people out there saying yeah let's talk about men's mental health let's do this and that there's not a lot of people saying just get a fucking grip go for a run eat eat healthy talk to your mates because that that that's that's you know that's where i see it being the most helpful because you're in the army bro there's no one talking to you and cuddling you and fucking giving you you know um softy softy chat you're not used to that so why would why would you why would anyone take that approach to to you when you're dealing with a mental health issue talk deal with it how you know to fucking deal with problems hard fast and aggressive um i got very lucky bro i figured it out myself and it was a very short spell of fucking depression and i took the action that i knew would change and as hard as it was i broke up with my missus i got rid of my house i fucking done everything that that i had to do to change it and obviously you've been thrown this this fucking curve curveball unexpectedly but i think the best thing that you're gonna have to do is just figure out a way to deal with it yourself because it's as bad as life might seem it's it's not that bad bro it's not that bad I, i guarantee you've got a big bunch of savings in your bank account right now you fucking got a sick ass beard. You're wearing the flannel shirt. You've got a black rifle coffee cup. You're all good, bro. You're all good. Oh, I'm living the fucking dream. Yeah. Hey, have you seen the video by Jocko Willink? Good. Uh, no, I'm aware of him. Yeah, I'll follow. I'll follow so, a few bits in that. Yeah. yeah. So there's a video called Good that he that he's got online. It's about two minutes or something like that. He basically talks about. Um, this one time he was he had given 
the, his one of his subordinates came up to him with a problem. He says, boss, I know what you're going to say. I've got this problem. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say good. Because every time I tell you I've got a problem, you always just say good. And uh, <laughs> he's like, I don't know why you say it. And he says, well, I'll tell you why I say it. Because when you've got something going down around you, when you've got some shit coming your way, take it, grab it. Good. Thank God this happened to me. Because now I've got a, a way to fucking address it for the future. Now I know that I'm never going to have to, you know, deal with this again. And if it does happen again, I've got a way of addressing it. And, you know, and I'm going to, you know, be in a, a better position after this. And that goes for all, all facets of life and, you know, work and, you know, business or whatever. When negative shit happens to you, good. You find a way to fucking over that, uh, uh, overcome and adapt. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I fall out of one of the conversations I had and I couldn't stress this enough. Like, I, I don't like name dropping people and like, you know, throwing names out there because, you know, obviously some people don't don't like it being out in the public space and stuff. And that's cool. But after that video, there was a lot of fucking people that reached out to me genuinely. Like you said, there was fucking, there was people from America like ringing me up straight away. And they were like, mate, I know you need to fucking talk now. You know, yeah. there was, there was brothers out there fucking, took me out for a coffee fucking went for a coffee and had a chat with just fucking people i've never met before you know what i mean um you know what open up to the world it's going to be hard good you've now fucking got <laughs> you got a free coffee out of it you've got a fucking some good debts from america you know what i mean there's positivity that comes out of everything sorry carry on it, it was that like oh, i had so many fucking great conversations and as hard and as fucking shit as it's been and it like still continues to be, you know. I I, I did say something to someone about it, saying like it, it's a cliche and it's a bit of a fucking, you know, weird thing to say, but like diamonds are made under pressure, you know, like and, and you think about all the fucking things that we've all achieved in our careers. It's never been easy. It's never been sat in a fucking classroom and we fucking writ three words on a fucking bit of paper. Like the greatest things we've ever fucking achieved. We didn't eat for fucking three days. We didn't sleep for a week. You know, we're fucking hanging out our ass. We can't even remember what a shower is. You know, like, those fucking hardships are where we've, like, achieved our greatest fucking things. And that achievement might be fucking getting the green lid or, you know, getting your wings or whatever. But it could equally be, like, just getting through fucking Kenya. Like, just getting through that one fucking tab that you didn't fucking cream in on. You know, like... There's a whole range of fucking things, like, and it is that thing, like, I've learned genuinely so much from this, and, like, if there's anything, I did bottle up a lot of my fucking emotions. I never wanted to fucking talk about things. I always had this, like, stupid fucking, and I, I will say it, like, it is stupid that, like, macho fucking, oh, I don't need to fucking talk about my problems because, you know, I don't want to share that weakness, like, because it's not weakness, like, we all have our fucking problems, you know? Some of the some of the greatest people I fucking look up to, like, they they have dramas. You know, they've gone through divorces. And if if you think, like, they've gone through it and being like, yeah, cool, like, so glad that's gone. That's not the case, you know? Even if we've gone on deployments and they've, they're missing their kids, you know? We, we've all got these fucking feelings, like... And it doesn't matter how, like, small and insignificant it feels like to you. Just talk about it. Like, that's one of the best things that's come out of this whole fucking experience is genuinely that I just talk to people. Mm -hmm. I ended up talking to some fucking random person in a fucking elevator 
she just looked at me and she was like you're right and i just fucking poured it out <laughs> like it was such a weird thing to fucking do but it felt good yeah bro like to just tell someone that and just be like no i'm fucking i'm in pain you know and i think some people do look up to me you know in a in a way like especially like my, my silly mates and stuff and they've they've said stuff like you know they know what i've done with my career and like they they fucking respect it and they're like fucking hell if someone like you can fucking open up about this then i don't understand why anyone else can't you know and, and like you said like you're always a fucking crow to someone you know there's yeah. there's always bigger and greater fucking people than you like no matter who you are you know but it is it's and it's a fucking hard thing to do don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and and say like oh if i've done it it's fucking easy like that's not that's not the case but i think if there's anything to take away from this conversation it's that people will listen you know people like yourself there's other fucking people out there on, on in the fucking world like even your fucking mates like i've ended up talking to and opening up to people that i never thought i never get advice from you know just random fucking people mm-hmm. you know and a lot of people have opened up with situations that are far worse than mine. You know? it, it puts it in a fucking position where you're like, shit, actually, is it that bad? Like you said, you know, I've still got my fucking legs, do you know? Mm-hmm. I've still got my fucking arms. I'm still breathing, you know? Like, I have got, you know, money behind me, and that's that's great. Like, there's people in a position that they don't, you know? And there's, there are some fucking horrible positions out there. Yeah. But again, like, if I can talk about it, and I'll tell you now, people will listen. That's a great, that's a great thing, you know. I fucking, I couldn't, I couldn't applaud you more, bro, for, <clears throat> for opening up. And like I said, mate, it's not as if you're opening up to no one. You've got two and a half people, two and a half thousand people that that watch your shit, and you know, and you your comments are fucking out of control, bro. You get about fifty comments <laughs> a post. I, I was just checking it earlier on. I'm lucky if I get one per post. <laughs> but uh, yeah, bro, listen, you've got a lot of people supporting you, and you've got the right audience around you. I think they're all very like-minded people. Um, and so when any one person reaches out, bro, I'm not religious, but it's a fucking blessing. You need to you need to grab it with both hands and just, just re- really understand what that is. It's a fucking blessing, bro, because that's a lifeline that, that you, that's been thrown your way. Let, listen, if you want, if you were in real trouble, I don't know where the fuck you are right now in the world, Bristol probably, but I would fucking get a train, drive to Bristol, I'd get you out of your fucking gaff, I'd do whatever the fuck we needed to do to, to, to keep you around. And I reckon what each and every one of the fucking two and a half thousand people that you've got on your Instagram, all your ex-work colleagues, I reckon every single person that you have in your life, and this isn't just for you, this is for anyone who's listening that's got a fucking struggle, would do the exact same. Nobody wants to see another bloke fucking go down. We've had too many. To, we've had too many in fucking deployments and then you know just in in post deployments and in life bro we've had too many fucking suicides no one wants to see another one nobody if it means fucking spending 50 quid or 100 quid on a train and then another 100 quid on a fucking i don't know weekend or whatever just fucking sorting someone out it needs to be done you know put your money where your mouth is if you want to fucking help guys you better fucking start helping because it's no good anymore. Just like you said, putting a comment because it, you know, a comment doesn't do fuck all. You need to be actually doing something tangible. Um, and like, listen, 
it doesn't just mean it does you, you don't have just have to reach out to people who are showing obvious signs reach out to people that you know that are fucking that have struggled in the past reach out to people that you know who have had a death in their family or whose wife may have had a miscarriage or something like that bro they're fucking people hurting all over the world for a whole bunch of different reasons um you know it's not just a military thing or it's not just a a veterans thing or whatever it's it's just life bro life's fucking rough especially with social media these days the pressure's so fucking much I, i'm i'm so glad i've got i've got all my fucking my cogs in order and you know what i think the biggest thing is i've got control of my ego i don't give a fuck what people think of me bro <laughs> because because i don't give a fuck what people think of me i don't care you know i don't care about the wider audience and the wider audience you know that look in at me throughout society as long as i've got my wife in order as long as i've got my my my, my work in order as long as i'm progressing with my education as long as i'm continuing to uh, uh spend my my free time proactively doing this and doing fucking fitness and doing whatever as long as i'm focused on myself and being the best i can be daily means reading it means fucking investing time on linkedin it means doing a, a, everything bro everything going for a fucking walk going for a walk bro i would never ever would have done that two years ago when i was in but go for a <laughs> walk bro listen to a podcast or even just listen to fucking the wind blowing or whatever clears your head th gives you an opportunity to think about things put things into perspective um there's so many ways and and things that you can do to help yourself but honestly bro the best thing i've the best thing i've found is control my ego um and like 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 your followers or whatever on your instagram that shouldn't be pressure on you that shouldn't be pressure that should be a weight off your shoulders that should be something to be celebrated you know you should be you know fucking jumping with joy you shouldn't be feeling pressured to produce you shouldn't be feeling pressured to make these people feel happy you shouldn't be pressured to make these people feel like you're some sort of person that's a badass you know you shouldn't have to prove anything to anyone and that's that's never that's never what the like green life's ever been about and it never will be like there's, there's been a few times where um I've, I've mentioned it a few times like, i've been i've been quite open about everything i've ever done you mean like i think you know like where i was before i like deleted everything a lot of people focused on the fact that i shared a few things from like my time in recce whereas essentially that was only like a year of my career like it was probably the best year and like the most influential my whole career but yeah. it's actually a small part of it like you know I, I never hid the fact that i've been in the artillery i never hid the fact that i've been in the mortar platoon. you know i never hid the fact that i'm now in a raft company like and a few times people have mentioned you know they thought i was you know in four rifles or they thought i was you know um i've been like wrecking all my fucking career like i've always been wanting to clarify it because i'm like well, no like i've never always been that like even fucking blades like there are blades that were like RLC drivers. I, I, I don't know that for a fact, but I've got no doubt there is. You know, everyone started somewhere. And I think this is actually a really good fucking thing that really pisses me off with like the the social mentality at the moment is everyone looks at the end. They look at the, the end state and they go, ah, oh, you know, blades or they go, ah, oh, fucking CEO of this fucking massive company or whatever. But they don't look at the struggle. Like the struggle is where it's made, you know? That's, that's where like the joy of the fucking pursuit comes from. It's the same as like when you when you've got a crush with with a with a chick, right? You know, 
the the real the real thrill of it is the thrill of the chase, isn't it? Is that is the courting, you know, like you you're showing off, you're you're doing all these things that are impressed. But then like as the as the relationship goes on, it starts to die off a little bit, you know, you get married and it all fucking goes downhill from there. Like <laughs> but everyone looks at the, like, oh they're married, that's amazing, you know? But it's the same as anything. Like no one no one looks at the at the build up. And and that's that's where the real the real joy is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the same as like I do a lot of mountaineering and stuff and yeah, it's great. Like you always see pictures at the top of the mountain, you know, because that's where the best views are and that's where the reward is. But the the best things that come out of it are always on the way up, you know, and always on the way down. Like the top is actually, if you go somewhere like fucking Snowdon, Snow, um, Snowdon, the top's like the fucking worst place. Bro, the top I, of the mountain's I, the same on every single fucking mountain. There's no fun tops yeah. of the mountain. They're all the exact same. <laughs> but like you, you go to Snowden via Crib Rock. Like Crib Rock's the fucking cool bit. That's not the top. You know, that's not the end of the fucking route. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a bit of a challenge, you know, down there. Getting a bit philosophical about that, I suppose. But yeah, too too many people just look at the end state and go, oh, "I want that." Like there's there's so much fun and joy to be had in like getting there. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, let's let's get back on it. I reckon that you know, let me just fucking finish off. I don't want to <coughs> just go go on to something else without really addressing that fucking topic. I was almost getting ahead of myself there and not addressing the seriousness of what we just talked about. Listen, it's a serious to- topic, and listen, I'm very enthused that you fucking uh, been willing to to open up and talk about it on your platform and then on this. Because like you said, I know for a fact you've got a lot of enthusiastic followers that, that will come on here and listen to what you've got to say and listen to some of your struggles and, you know, p- potentially take something away from it. Um, so I, I can only commend you for doing that. And it's, you know, like you said earlier, it's not easy, bro, opening up like that, um, especially in this male, you know, alpha male in, uh, dominant um, environment that we, op- we operate in, uh, the veteran community. And like and like I said, if anyone is out there and is struggling, you need to fucking give us a give us a bell. I don't know anyone who wouldn't be happy to take a call at two in the morning to fucking help out someone. So if it's the case, you can obviously call me. You can obviously fucking drop messages to anyone, Jake, myself, or, or just in general anyone. And there's obviously helplines out there, but I would say phone a fucking mate first before you phone some some random fucker that's at a call center, you know what I mean? Phone a mate that knows you, phone one of your good mates, because not one single fucking good mate that, that I've got from the military would ever just turn their back on me if I had an issue. None. And it would be the exact same for all of you. Phone a mate first, and then, you know, um, if it's too much for them to handle, then, you know, maybe um, phone the fucking charities or whatever. But, yeah, bro, I can't commend you enough for opening up, and it's going to help people. It's going to help one person if someone someone listening just takes a tiniest wee bit away from this then then uh, it's only a good thing i appreciate that man and it, it is that like talk to your mates because as, as good as all these charities are and and all these people that that will be li- willing to listen and here's a great thing about instagram right like even if it is two in the morning and you think fucking hell who the fuck's gonna answer their phone at two in the morning americans like they're up do you know what I mean? Like, there are fucking solid dudes out there. There's some fucking great pages. Do you know what I mean? Ring them. It's like two in the afternoon for them. And Fuck you can it. fucking if, FaceTime. You, fucking you can door. FaceTime off Instagram as well. So just don't be be a necky cunt and face them. FaceTime them. That's that's what one 
that's what one of the dudes did to me. He FaceTimed me straight off the bat. I was like, fucking hell, cheers, dude. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, but talk to your friends because outside of that phone call, I don't want to say you're on your own again, but you kind of are, you know? You talk to your friends, they're around you. Like, they see that, you know? And it's that, it's that problem, like, I'm not just going to approach all of my friends and be like, oh, fucking hell, mate, are you okay? Like, you know, because then some people see it as, like, overbearing and it, it creates, like, another problem, I suppose. You know, but no, nobody's going to help you if they don't know you need help. And if that's that's what I'm getting at, it is a give and take there. Like you do need a little bit of that personal strength, you know, especially for fucking squads to have that little bit of like, right, I need to stop fucking crowing it now. I know I need help. And asking for help is never a fucking sign of weakness. If any fucking man in my section comes to me and says, Woody, I don't know how to fucking load this gun. I'm straight away first of all I'm going to be like fucking hell mate Jesus okay but you can bet your ass I'm going to fucking tell you how to load that gun like, it's going to fucking happen yeah. and I appreciate that it. it's a hard thing for anyone to come to someone and say even if it is something stupid like that you know they're like oh, that, you know what someone someone who's quite big on Instagram and you'd be surprised you know he was like how the fuck do I put a sling on a rifle and he was being genuinely serious because he's had a sharpshooter for a fucking long time like you didn't is know it, how to put a is it Evo's on. media? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, like little things like that. Like, fine. You know, I don't think I had to show, but I can't remember showing him how to put a fucking sling on. To be honest, but um, it is little things like that. You know, like if you need that help, just ask for it. And it is. Don't get me wrong; it's a fucking really courageous thing to, to turn around. I've had it in the mountains where people have turned around and they said, "I can't do this route." And I've I've bigged it up to everyone in the group saying that is fucking courage. That is real fucking courage because it's so easy to just commit to the fucking course and just plod along with it and go, oh yeah, fucking whatever, I'll just it'll be alright. To turn around and then say, like, nah, you know, this is out of my limitations. And then for where we were as well, like to continue on that course would have put everyone else in danger. So that is a fucking real real show of courage in my mm. fucking eyes you know and it's I've, I've done it even on penny fan like the weather fucking came in i was probably 200 meters from the top and fucking binned it because i was like fuck this the mountain's always gonna be fucking well it's not even a mountain because it's less than a thousand meters but you know it, it'll be there every day you know but i won't be if i fucking succumb to exposure you know so have that have that fucking such humility to be like fucking hell do i need help do i need to fucking call it on this one you know when even if people do fucking knock you for it, A, they're fucking pricks and it ain't worth your fucking time. And B, you'll be there to fucking correct it another day. Yeah. You know? Comes back to uh, getting a grip of your fucking ego and, and what you're saying there. You know, if you've, if the thing that's holding you back is the, the, the fact that you don't want to look like a, like a, like a pussy or whatever, then that's your ego getting the better of you. You're not making sound judgments yeah, because your, your ego is winning. Anyway, bro, let's go to 2015 when you join One Rifles. Oh, Finally, bro, you've got awesome. a fucking green lid on your fucking head. <laughs> I think I grew about four extra inches. That was fucking <laughs> insane. Yeah, so that, that, was a, that was an interesting one for me. Like, a lot of people um, send me messages and stuff about doing the same thing, like coming from the artillery or like other arms and stuff into the infantry. And the honest answer is I don't think they actually have a set process for it because I think they just make it up every time they do it. 
Because yeah. I know people that have had to go back to Catrick. Um, I know people that have had to gone back to selection through phase one Jeez. and then back into the infantry. Like, it, just mad shit. But for me, I left the artillery on a Thursday and then Monday I was in Morpeton. So that was a short and sharp one for me. So I might be the only person in the infantry who's not actually um, combat infantryman fucking trained. <laughs> so that's that's a fucking wild one to, to live with. But my platoon sergeant did tell me that if I passed the recce carder, he'd give me an honorary pass. Oh, so really? <laughs> I haven't got anything on certificate and he's not he's not giving me anything yet, but he did say that and he's a man of his word. So that's I'll take that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you spent a bit of time in, in the recce. Yeah, but obviously before that, went straight to Mortar Platoon. Um, and that was great. I think coming from the artillery, there was, there was actually a lot of crossovers um, in like the ammunition nature, so stuff like the colours, like the Odinur and fucking, you know, the yellow stenciling for the HE content and, and all those little things. And I knew how like adjusting worked and I knew what a fucking belt was. Mm-hmm. You know, there were, there was a lot of things and it was quite interesting actually because you'd never see it. So I was like an AS90 gunner. So I was like firing out the fucking, well, we only firing like charge three, so I don't know, fucking like 10K or something like that. But you're not going to see the effect of rounds landing at 10K. Yeah. And I wasn't an FST, I wasn't an observer. So I've never seen the effect of 155s, you know, outside of videos. Um, but then you, you go to Mort Platoon and we were we were setting up on like valleys and stuff in uh, in Salisbury. And you can see the effect on the other side. And it's, it's so much cooler to understand. Like, you, you can watch what a belt is. You can understand it and you can see it move. And you can, you know, see the effect of, like, how big the smoke screen is. And you can, all these little things, you know. And it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing. I think, like, you, you're dropping bombs down the tube and stuff. And, like, the, the sound it makes and, the, you know, you, you do that little, like, rugby drop and you're fucking, boom. It's fucking... <laughs> It is cool. I, you know, there's there's some people that look at Mortar Platoon as like a buckshy fucking way into support company or, or fire support company or whatever some people call it. You know, um, but it's not. It's fucking massively important. You know, and it it stresses me out. Like, they, I don't, I don't like to admit, but there was a few people in the platoon that when I was there that were just like, yeah, this is buckshy, this is more, it's like whatever. I was like, no, this is fucking. This is a a crucial platoon, like. Think about what their effect is, you know, going, going forward a little bit. When I was in recce, like, fair one, I wasn't at the sharp end of anything, you know, where I had to call for it. But if I was, we're, we're a four-man team, you know, and our fourth multiplier is mortars, you know. We get on the fucking radio, we're like, shit, we're getting wrapped up here. You know, I need a fucking smoke screen for my withdrawal. I need a fucking, you know, a loom to fucking see what this is. You know, I'll fucking whatever. You need that effect and you need it now. You know, and you know, going going up a little bit. If there's fucking a sniper pair, that's just two dudes, you know, and a free free eight in fucking fast at firing. If you're getting wrapped up by like a section, you know, mm-hmm. so they need that effect, you know. So more platoon needs to be fucking switched on because they they provide that fucking support, and 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 it's a fucking cool job, you know. Don't get me wrong, it's the worst thing in the fucking world to heavy carry. Fucking Jesus. If I never have to carry a mortar barrel in my life ever again, I'll be so happy. On oh, that, tell- I've carried OP Bergens, and that was. I was emotional. just about to say, I'm- you're going to tell me it's worse than carrying a Jimpy and an OP Bergen. Yep, 
It's oh, worse than I, your I carry with a, an OP Bergen. Well, I was an LMG gunner for most of uh, for most of Recky, but yeah, near enough, mate. Oh, Fucking yeah. Jesus. Um, I think it's, it's the way it fuck it. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it fucking done me. It fucking absolutely done me. But yeah, Moxie was good. Um, I think going a little bit back to what you were saying about um, shit. I've, I've got I've got I've got a point, but I forgot what you actually said. <laughs> um, no, no, about going into like the character building and stuff, and like changing sort of who you are, and a little bit like, like I said, I moved a fair bit. I didn't spend a lot of time in two nine to really be influenced by it. And I didn't really fucking care about what the people in the artillery thought of me. So I didn't really want to fucking blend in with them anyway. Mm-hmm. But then I got to the rifles and I was like, I want to be with these fucking people. You know, I, I want to be fucking accepted as like a brother. Um, and I couldn't stress this enough. Like it was not bullying. I was not fucking bullied in the fucking slightest. Like, but you definitely do have like this, this character development sort of thing. And like, they even said to me, they were like, I think it's a very much like a British thing that if you do take, if you get given banter, it's a sign that people actually fucking like you. If they just ignore you and they're like, oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's cool. Like, you know, mm-hmm. nobody really fucking cares about you. They don't really want to invest in you. And like, and there, there was a lot, a lot of time fucking, there was a lot of fucking strong character building. You know what I mean? Um, but when I look back on that, it sort of like built me up to who I am now. Still, I'm like, fucking hell, actually, I do really appreciate that and it was good but then um, we so I, I fucking hate the artillery because we didn't do anything you know I went on three exercises including that fucking um, trial team in France did one steel saver up in Otterburn and pro storm in Canada and, and that was it like over over like a three year fucking thing three exercises which is fucking insane I could do that in a month in the infantry mm-hmm. um but um, I think, what was it, within shit, maybe six months, seven months of me joining the rifles, we were getting spun up to go to Iraq, you know, and do an operation tour. And I was like, fucking hell, this is it. You know, I was, I was sick of being sat in the artillery in the fucking gunshed, doing nothing with my career. And now here was the opportunity to fucking do something worthwhile. You know, and, and that was that was wicked. So I, I went as a, <clears throat> as a Foxhound driver. So that was a pretty, pretty good pretty good i mean you, you're given that responsibility of having the fox sound you look after yourself you know first braider you know you you do all that but then equally you you're not just sat in the wagon you know you're out there ga in as well you know so it adds a little bit of extra extra pressure i suppose you you're doing your fucking ga task and then you've got to drive back you know and you're like fucking hell you know everyone's getting res down fucking in the pit or whatever and you've got fucking sort out a fucking thing with a remi or whatever like just bit bit of a lick but you know it's, it's good to have that extra bit of responsibility, you know. And um, we had a really good fucking platoon as well. So it was a bit of a mix. So it was a support company rotation, but we had a few stragglers from like the rifle companies that, that were the younger lads that didn't go with the previous rifle companies. Yeah. Um, that had deployed on previous rotations. Um, and then my platoon sergeant was, was Recky as well. And then we had like a new boss. And our new boss was absolutely gleaming. He had that perfect balance of knowing when to like shut the fuck up and listen to the platoon sergeant because he knew what he was on about. But also, he had that good balance of knowing when he was the platoon commander, shit bust. You know, 
And I think he was a really good bloke as well. You know, I, I had a lot of time for him. Um, but yeah, my, my platoon sergeant, he was a fucking phenomenal bloke. Like, he's, well, I still talk to him now, still is. Consider him like a good friend, almost a father figure, to be completely honest with you. Um, we had a lot, lot of like really deep conversations, you know, we chat about stuff and things going on and, you know, we just fucking spin banter at each other. So he was, uh, he's Cornish um, from, from, uh, from Falmouth and I kept telling him that, uh, I was like, oh, fucking Falmouth, this is like a collection of beach huts in it, like down on the, down on the beach somewhere. And uh, I was coming back from somewhere and I seen uh, an advertisement for uh, Falmouth College. And what they'd done, their picture was literally three beach huts on, on the beach. And I sent it to him and I was like, fucking hell, I, I was just winding you up. I didn't realise this was it. Like, oh, it's fucking good crap. But yeah, that was, that was a really good experience getting out of there. Like, it was fucking hot. I mean, I didn't do well in the heat. I think we were pushing 50 degrees when we got there. Straight off the bat, like, we were in the tent by, like, seven o'clock the heat would wake you up, you know, because there's no air con in these fucking tents. Cans of Coke would explode, you know. My platoon sergeant was going to fucking take my pistol off me because I thought I was going to end it, you know, because I, I wasn't taking banter very well, you know, and I was just <laughs> like, oh, it's fucking... Yeah, that was... A... I, I wasn't there, there at that fucking time, but, it, yeah, that was fucking emotional as well because the fucking heat and the flies fuck me dead. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. I remember opening the back of the Foxhound and I threw a water bottle in there and I couldn't see the windshield like through the through the wagon. Like it just went black. And I was like, what the fuck is this place? You know, they'd like crawl over your eyeballs, they crawl in your mouth, like it's fucking driving insane. And they got this like wet feeling about them as well, like on your skin and it fuck fucking no. sickening. I've not been out to Iraq, but um I've been to uh, where's the worst place for fires? Kenya, yeah, Kenya's pretty bad in some areas. Um, okay. Where was the fucking worst place for fire? I mean, Afghan's fucking pretty bad actually. Sitting in some of those some of those compounds, bro. Like, obviously, people just take shits in their fucking compound on their little like ve- cabbage vegetable patch, or just wherever they fucking decide to take a shit. Um, and there's fires all over the gaff. So yeah. But probably not as bad as what you were talking about there. Um, but yeah, how, 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 is, how is the actual tour like? The op, ops on the on tour in terms of doing Guardian Angel and like, what was your daily routine looking like? Um, daily routine was was really good actually. Like we used to, so sort of going going back, I suppose a little bit. Like in the evening, every night we'd have an O group, you know, and and that was really good. Like because. It wasn't. It wasn't just like having an O group and we're like we know what we're doing for the rest of the day. Like as a platoon, we had like a really good bit of fucking banter. It was an opportunity every night to get together. You know, we'd. So I'd have this thing called like this was my feature. Um, it's called like Caribbean Act of the Day. So I used to fucking say this thing to uh, to my platoon sergeants. It's like one of those things you said to him. I was like, you know, I started it by saying like, oh, call me a fucking coward, but you know, and I'd be like. I don't want to die or something, you know, when I fucking do whatever, you know? Um, so then it kind of gave me a bit of reputation of just being a fucking coward. And I was like, well, I'm fucking not, but whatever. So we had a cowardly act of the day and I had to basically say something that I did that was cowardice that day. I think a good example was like, 
So we had a Spanish night camp and they were fucking um, super pricks. But um, one of them just like pushed in front of me in the fucking queue one day for uh, for scoff. And I was like a bit taken back by it. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know what to do. Here. Like, do I make a fucking scene or like, and I thought, you know what? I'm hot. I can't be fucked. It's not worth it. One of the lads behind me, obviously, he was like, just going to let that happen. He's like, right, that's going to be a fucking But I confess that. I think one day I was like, I didn't have anything. And I, I turned around to him. I was just like, here's my coward exactly the day. I didn't leave my tent today because I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> I was just like, there, have that. But um, yeah, there was like other features, like blokes coming in with fucking um, like jokes. One dude writ like poems every now and again. Like it was just a really good atmosphere for like the platoon. I think as a whole, we all got on pretty well. Um, obviously, there's going to be ten. There's tensions. Mm-hmm. There's always that fucking one dude, you know. And everyone gets really pissed off with, you know, and all these little things. But in general, like some really good blokes. But so yeah, we do those old groups, and then. In the morning, have breakfast, get the weapons. I head down to the wagons, get the wagon squared. Then we go out on our fucking missions, GA for a bit, um, usually a couple of hours. And that was that was really quite interesting, actually. So, obviously, we were GA and the Jundi, so like the Iraqi soldiers, being taught by the uh, by the Royal Engineers, and they were teaching them like CID stuff and all that kind of things. And these these battalions that were coming through to us, they were going into Mosul in like weeks, you know, a couple of days later, they were, they were in Mosul. And it was fascinating to see out of maybe a hundred people they were teaching, 30, maybe 50 actually listen and pay attention. And then the rest would just be sat on their phones and they wouldn't give a fuck. And like, I'd be sat at GA and his lessons and I'd be learning it. And every fucking single time I'd still be learning new stuff and I'd be paying attention, you know doing my job as well, obviously, like paying attention to what they were doing and that, but you, you overhear and stuff, like, and I was like, you're going to fucking Mosul in, like, next week. Like, and they just didn't really fucking care. And it was pretty, yeah. it was pretty fucking the thing. Um, I've worked with uh, people out there and Arabs and fucking Pashtunis or whatever they're called, Afghanis and, yeah, just Arabs all from all over. And, they've definitely got a different uh, way of looking at life. Obviously, religion's a massive one for them and they, they just genuinely believe yeah. that Allah will take care of everything for them. So it's like if, yeah, <laughs> if, if, if Allah's got my back, then what, why the fuck should I even I'd be interested in what this guy's telling me? Like, Allah will help me out when I get there. So it's like when they get the, the fucking AKs over the bun line and just start spraying it at the sky. Allah will guide my bullets. No, they fucking won't. They're gonna, they're, they've got a trajectory to follow, you fucking idiot. You know what I mean? They're not going to just miraculously break contact from their trajectory and fucking hit ISIS in the forehead. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they, they just, yeah, yeah. they're just living in a different, completely, uh, a completely different uh, world, bro. And um, uh, yeah, their their value for human life is extremely low because obviously, when you're living, you're you're um, you're living just a, a an average life. But when you die, bro, and you're one of these fucking Muslims that's dying fight, fighting for the good fight then you're going to heaven and getting 40 virgins so bro fucking sign me up that's that's the way they're thinking about it you know what I mean just fucking give me a one way ticket boss like I don't I don't really care I don't, I don't need to listen to what you've got to tell me so yeah their, their value for human life is just it's non-existent compared to what it is in western world 
Um, I was saying this to one of the lads uh, the other day. Who's, who's been, um, come over if he's actually been out there. He went somewhere. Oh, he's been out there, Nigeria as well. Um, some of the fucking like I've I've never been on a fucking combat deployment. I've never seen like anything, you know, that insane. But some of the most graphic shit I've ever seen in my fucking life has been on the phones of like Iraqi soldiers. Things that like I'm never gonna fucking forget. Like seeing it through a phone was bad enough, you know. Like and you don't. Like as as a photographer, like I I appreciate it so much more around the picture, like to experience it, to to understand the feelings leading up to that point that's captured, you know, the smells, the fucking feel, the you know, all all these little little details, you know, and just fucking on a shitty little Nokia was enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, fuck. And yeah, seeing stuff come back from those all, you just you're like, what the fuck? You know, it is it's just insane. But it it was definitely a I say a feeling of pride in the fact, like, I think this is the time when that, like, Linda chick, she was this fucking meme, and she was like, on this one-man fucking crusade to take on ISIS, and everyone was like, they're the fucking worst thing in the world, you know? And that was a time when a lot of my friends were all at uni, and that's great, like, you know, that's, that's their course. But we were there. You know, like, fair one, we weren't fighting, we weren't kicking indoors, doing what we wanted to do as, like, you know, as soldiers. But, you know, we we were still facilitating that to the guys that were going to do that. Yeah. You know, we had our part to play in it, and it was frustrating that it wasn't the full capacity of what we wanted. But what were we, you know, like, less than 100 miles from Mosul or something like that? Like, yeah, we were there. You know, we, we were physically there and it's, it's that thing. It's not like an arrogance point of like, it's not that others couldn't. It's just that we did. You know, we, we were there and we were we were a part of that. And I'm genuinely fucking so proud, you know, to carry that forward into my future that, you know, when my kids turn around to me and say like, oh, what, what value did you give to the world? I can say, well, you know, I helped train these people to fucking kick these fuckers in the face, you know? Yeah. It's... It's, it's a little bit kicking the nuts to, to be like, oh, yeah, like I've trained all these people to do all these fucking things and I never did it myself, you know? But there's still pride in that and I'm still... Because I, I remember coming back and people were being like, oh, I'm not even going to wear my medal. It's not even worth it. I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm proud. Like, that's well, probably... I most... remember fucking Northern Ireland medals that they earned in 2007. <laughs> but there's no issue but yeah, in like... 2007. You've got no issues wearing a fucking Iraq medal <laughs> if you're if you're out there training fucking trips to go and find ISIS. But one thing about that, right? Like, not to take away anything that you personally done because you have no influence on on what you could have done. You done your part, mm. which is awesome. But I think Britain should be ashamed that they never done more to <laughs> defeat to defeat ISIS. You know, they're happy to invade Iraq. They're happy to go to Afghanistan and fight the Taliban. But on the actual fucking Arab. Uh, Arabic fucking threat to the world that was ISIS. We done fuck all. We all we did was provide training. We never actually took the fight to the one of the most lethal fucking and and gruesome guerrilla forces the world's seen in in recent decades. All we done was provide training and a few SF units taskings. Well, more than a few, but um, you know we we never had battalions on the ground fucking taking the fight to ISIS. Bro, we need. I think the British Army and the British government—not the British Army—the British government should be ashamed of that, um, because history is written now, bro. Who was the one that defeated ISIS? Americans on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, 
that's that's what I mean. We had uh, we had a couple of yanks from the hundred first, hundred first everyone dudes. They were in they were in uh, location with us. They had a good fucking deal. Like we we did like five months straight where we were. But I think they did so. Obviously they they do like year deployments, nine months or something. But they did three months in in different places. Mm-hmm. So they rotated from us straight to Mosul, and they were fucking getting rounds off down there. And we were like, this is fucking bollocks. Like you know, <laughs> it, it it was frustrating, you know, because. You chat to these blokes, like, actually, a really good one. So, uh, we, we won't get fucking political about it. Like, my my opinions have definitely fucking changed now. But um, we were we were in Iraq when Donald Trump got voted in. Yeah. Uh, it, it was announced that he was then going to be a president. Um, fuck it out, mate. They would not shut up all fucking night. USA! USA! <laughs> they fucking loved it. Yes. Going nuts. I swear, I swear, a couple of them must have ended or something. Like, there was a couple of bangs going on. They were just like, "Yeah, fuck it, we'll just get a couple of rounds off." Like, <laughs> fucking insane fuckers. But yeah, it, it is a little frustrating. And and going forward a little bit to like my time teaching um, Nigerians and stuff, like it's difficult when you turn around to like as as, as a young lad as well. You're like, I haven't done these deployments when you're teaching. Iraqis that have been fighting for fucking like 20, 30 years. Do you know what I mean? Same as the Nigerians. They've been fucking scrapping for fucking all this time. They turn around to you and go like, but what do you know? Like, you've never had rounds come at you. You don't know what, you know, like, and the Iraqis used to say to us, they're like, oh yeah, we just kick IDs. Like, he's like, I've kicked a hundred IDs and look, I'm still here. How can you argue with that? You're just like, <laughs> all right, yeah, fair one. I mean, I'm not going to risk my life for the one time that it does go off or whatever. Yeah. He could have been just lying because we know what they're like. But well, I'll tell you one thing, right? How do you fucking, you know, go against that fucking conversation? You know, it's, like, it's difficult. Let me tell you one thing about IEDs. Guys never used to fucking do the do the, the finger sweep in the, in, in the brush, bro. 2008, <laughs> after you've done that four or five times on a patrol, guys would just look, there, there's fuck all there, and then they would start jumping on the on the ground. Because they were so fed up of fucking, in the in the in the heat, they would just start jumping on it and say, "Look, boss, there's fucking nothing here," and I was like, "I seen it," and I was like, "What the fuck are these guys doing?" Like that happened very regularly, and you know what I think it was in hindsight, looking back, is I think that it was one of those things that become became infectious. One person would see it and they'd say, "Right, fuck, I knew there was nothing there, so I'll do I'll do that next time. I'll do that next time." And you know what? No one ever got fucking hit, but. I think looking back at that is like one of the craziest things I've ever seen books do. Uh, and probably one of the stupidest, stupidest, uh, stupidest things I've fucking seen. But yeah, if it fucking worked, how stupid is it? Yeah, it's obviously yeah. very stupid. I'm, I'm but it, was, it was like Nigerians as well. You know, we teach them stuff and a lot of what we were teaching them was like off the, off the back of, of like things like Afghan and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they turn around at you and like just straight up they'd be like Afghan was a long time ago for you guys like <laughs> they were like because they do uh, fucking five year deployments they're, they're up in the northeast of fucking Nigeria scrapping for fucking like five years you know like it's, it's hard it's hard to have these fucking conversations and, and have that credibility but then equally like we do like even the fucking crowiest fucking bod fresh out of Catarick is a fucking highly competent fucking soldier compared to a lot of nations I've worked with. Like, you know, any young lads who are doubting that, like, genuinely, we've got a very competent army, yeah. you know? 
and it, it in, is a hard thing to, being to battle in the, with being yeah. in the pool being in the swimming pool for fucking five years doesn't make you an olympic swimmer if you've had five hours of swimming training you'd be better than someone who's been in the swimming pool for five years and not swam you know what i mean it's yeah. the same it's the same thing if you've got a competent six uh competent soldier who's been trained for six months that you know the best fucking standard that that any any army in the world can can train a, a regular uh rifle company bloke six months worth of training or you've got some guy who's done six years on the, on the front line that's not actually done any training whatsoever who doesn't know any tactics and who's just going off what he, th- he feels that he should be doing you know, there's no question about who's going to be a better better soldier, man or man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's, but it's, 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 it's one it's of the cultural things. Yeah, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to argue the fact, um, you know, when they're coming back saying, oh, no, yeah, this isn't this isn't how it is. This, you know, we do it like this. Right, well, if that's fine. If you do it like that, then how about we fucking talk about how we do it and how we can help you be better at how you do it? Yeah, how was it? Yeah. How was it your your time training? Because I know you put a lot of stuff on there about you know training foreign foreign armies and you know some of the mindset that goes into training and some of the the key yeah, key takeaways from training uh, on your Instagram page. Yeah, so unfortunately, we didn't really do any any uh, like training in in Iraq. We were just like my my platoon was just like a force protection. But um, obviously, then I had the opportunity to go out to Nigeria. Like I signed back on to do that after my experience in Kenya. So like we so I, I did more, you know, I went into Recce and then straight away we went on uh, on Kenya and like the experience of going to Africa was just fucking insane. Like that there's a there's a there's a really good quote about it saying like Africa will change you and you can't explain it to anyone else that's never been like it, it puts a spin on your life that you you don't appreciate unless you've you've experienced it to see how these people live like i used to watch a lot of like wildlife documentaries when i was uh when i was younger and also a lot of them are set in africa and you see you know these maasai tribes and fucking zulus and stuff and they're they're kind of about and doing whatever and then you're driving out to um archer's post and stuff and you see them they're there like if i jumped off the wagon i could fucking shake a hand you know it's it's an insane feeling and you you watch people cut around and they're they've got like coke bottles that they've like melted around a knife to make sheets you know none of this fucking fancy kydex shit you know like it's it's fascinating to see how people live like you walk down the street and people are dead you know just dead in the street and i had a conversation with my mate about this the other day actually because i walked i was walking through bristol and i heard these students and they were talking about something and they were like, imagine if someone like just died in the street, like, you know, it would be insane. And I was like, fuck it out. Like you, you've never seen that. You, you've never seen genuinely dead bodies in the street and nobody gives a fuck. You know, you walk past it three, four days in a row and that body gets fucking bigger and bigger where it's bloating from the gases and that. Like you, you've never seen that. Like that happens. Like that is real, you know? And, after the experience in uh, in Kenya, just understanding what I was and stuff, I had the opportunity to go go out and do Nigeria, and I fucking I grabbed it. I just had to, you know, like I, I signed back on to do that coming back from Afghan um, because I just needed to. Like yeah. there was something inside me that was like I need to do that, and it was that value of 
that sense of pride and the same thing that I went, I was happy to go to Iraq with, you know, like to teach these people things that they needed to fucking know. They really did. And it's, it's, it's hard knowing like what we did teach them almost wasn't enough, you know, and, and they fucking needed help. They need boots on the ground, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to live with to know that as people, we did train in like Iraq and, um, and Nigeria that just aren't alive today. Like, I'll never know who, but I know that for a fact. Like, they just aren't. And it's a fucking weird feeling to live with. Like, it's almost like you didn't do enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a fucking weird one. But you have such, like, a sense of pride to, to teach people stuff. And the Nigerians were genuinely great because they fucking, they loved it. They loved that we were there. They loved everything we taught them. There were a few difficult ones, you know, and, and stuff, but the same as there are in the British Army, to be completely honest with you, like, not every man's a fucking, you know, a sponge, a proper king for it, you know? Yeah. But um, it was, it was such an experience, honestly. And, like, the landscape, fucking hell, I, I, I don't know if you follow my um my personal account, but there's a, there's a few um shots from Nigeria back there on that, and fucking hell, like, I haven't shared everything I've got from that place. It's fucking, it, it's just beautiful. Yeah. What and again, you, it's, it's one of those things like. What do you sorry, think, what do you uh, what do you take your photos on? Uh, so I had a Lynx G nine for that, so it's a mirrorless, mirrorless camera, which is pretty good. But I've just upgraded now to a uh, S one R, which I won't tell you how much it costs, but I'll tell you that it was the camera I got to ease the pain of my girlfriend leaving me. <laughs> so just uh, just take that one. So yeah. <laughs> That's how much she cost you, Eric. Yeah, my dignity. <laughs> <laughs> bro, get some photos up there, bro. It'd be fucking, it'd be class. Uh, have you took anything yet with that with that new camera? Oh, fucking hell, this is a bitter point. So, going back to that, you know, I, I took up one of the lads offered to go out out to the fucking hills and stuff. Um, he reached out to me and it was fucking great. Went out with him. I gave him my, my G9 because I was like, oh, I'll get a few shots of me, mate. You know, you can play with the camera as well. Like, good, good, um, uh, like, give and take sort of thing here. And I had the, the S1. I must have fired about fucking 40 shots in it, you know. Three of them were fucking workable. And then I turned around to him and I was like, mate, the fucking batteries just died on this. And the spare ones are in my other rucksack that's in my car, <laughs> just 40 miles away. <laughs> Straight away, he just like looks at me. He's like handing me my other camera back, and he's like, "You're gonna want this back." And I was like, "Fuck's sake!" Oh, I was mate. Like, fucking absolute amateur, like first big outing. You got what three photos? Yeah, I was spot on. I'm fucking snapped right now. Yeah, I'll be more devastated. Yeah, I'll be more. <clears throat> but um, yeah, let's let's talk about your time in the recce then, because for me, mate, I was in the recce as well. Um, and I fucking loved it. That's a highlight of my career. Um, I deployed with them on my second deployment, and um, I was a point man on tour. And in the UK, I was, you know, generally just a point man. I was I'm naturally very good at navigating, map reading, all that sort of stuff. And um, a uh, point I highlighted on my one of my last podcasts was that I just generally, you know, had a passion for it that came naturally i don't know don't know why i'd never had any previous map reading experience before during the army but 
it came naturally naturally to me um i was able to read and understand the map uh very well you know uh match it up to the terrain and you know pick easy and suitable routes especially for a recce when you're trying to you know read the landscape and pick a route that's going to keep you can uh concealed from 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 view from um enemy or whatever um but what was sort of your highlights in, in the recce for you yes my my posting order to go to the rifle was originally recce two, and i was fucking shitting it because i was like fucking i'm gonna go straight from you know a fucking gun bunny fuck all like no fuck all straight into the fucking pinnacle of the infantry i was like this ain't gonna fucking go down well like you know fortunately i went into mortal team first and that was cool and then on the back of all those conversations i had with my platoon sergeant in iraq i was like i want to be a record carder. like and it's it's that drive that you want to be fucking the best and you want to fucking push to the front you know you want to excel in everything you fucking do and you want to be surrounded by those fucking sort of people and you will always have those kind of people in the recce teams, like no matter what, um, like battalions or cat badges and that you, you're from, even like whatever country you're from, like recce soldiers are a fucking breed apart, you know, like in their mindset and how they want to do things. And it's, it's an inspiring thing that you look at recce soldiers and they're, again, they're not, not arrogant, you know, they are just better. They just are. And they're just self-confident in, in that, that ability. So obviously the opportunity come up to to do the record carder. I fucking seized it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this. Hard graft. Fucking hard graft. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was like, you know, top board. I wouldn't say I was fucking excelling at anything. Like, I don't think I ever have, to be, on, to be honest with you. Um, and it's, there's more to recce. Like, you can't, and I, I said the same thing before, like, Snipers will say the same thing. JTACs will say the same thing. Like, just because you've passed the course doesn't make you right. That's it. You're you're fucking it now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's just sort of like the starting starting line. Essentially, that's just you. Like, cool. I'm ready to go. You know, it's like a standardisation. You like you actually learn from that point on. Um, You need to learn the basics before you can learn how to do your job. And you learn the basics yeah, in the cadre and then you learn how to do your job when you're in the platoon. And it's that recce fucking um, cliche that like, it's just basics done well. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said that to so many people that have asked me for advice on it and stuff. I'm just like, mate, there's nothing, there, there really isn't anything that magical about recce. Like, it, it's, it was always a difficult one doing like company stands because, yeah, snipers got gillies and fucking 338s, machine guns got fucking. SF role, you know, jab and all that. Like they got all this gear. Recce, we're like, oh, okay, this is this is a rifle. Uh, cool, this is a this is a fist. Like, um, like we we don't really have any fucking a fancy gear. That no one else does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is my fucking baseball cap. Sweet. Um, do you know what I mean? The the real value that the fucking Recce team has really is the fucking people. Yeah, it's between know? the years, bro. Is it's, it's what's up there, and it's that that initiative, that fucking seeing the world differently and having that like creativity, you know what I mean? Because that that's one of the best like appealing things about being a recce soldier is you're told what to do, not how to do it. And it's it's such a good feeling. Like I remember even like in Kenya, you know, we we'd been there a while. We were looking for this um approach route onto a company position up by where um like God's Bridge is. Um 
It's where the Roth County was. And we, we were trying to find this approach route because we knew there was a wadi going up to it, but we couldn't actually find it. And uh, we'd been there a while and I knew all the wadis had like trees and stuff growing up from them. And it, when you think about it, it's kind of obvious because that's where the water would have been and that's where they're going to get the most nutrients. We were there in a fucking dry season, so it's hard trying to find all these fucking features and stuff. But I spotted something like in, in amongst all these bushes and that. And I, I said to my patrol commander, I was like, I reckon that's it. You know, and, and he, he gave me that fucking responsibility. He said, go on and take, take one of the other lads, the other roughman, go find it, you know. Off I went, found the wadi. And it's one of those things that like, Nobody needs to know in the entire fucking rock company that, or anyone else in the platoon that, you know, obviously I'm fucking, I'm raising it now, but nobody needs to know that, you know, I found that kind of fucking route. Like, I know, and that's enough. And that's such a great pride in, in recce that entire battle groups and battalions will do actions based on something you found, you know, and it, it, it really is like that quiet professional. Yeah. You know I mean that like you can you can sit there and be like yeah well, I've done this happy days nobody needs to know about it. you know you can fucking gob off about it and stuff like that's great it was done it was done for a purpose and that's that's awesome um, and it, it is being surrounded by a by a higher, higher caliber of person you know like everyone's striving to be better everyone wants to be the fucking best squad you're always trying to outdo each other you know and it sometimes is, is a difficult place to be because I remember actually, I came back from, uh, I came back from California. I'd, I always get a bit fucking ill coming back from California. Um, and then I was straight into a platoon run, a company run the morning after. And because of my flights and that, I didn't even sleep that night. So I'd essentially been awake for like two days, had a flight, fellow shit into a company run. And I was just coughing my guts up. And, um, I essentially, I just couldn't keep up with the company. I was, I was proper fucking going man down. And uh, I remember my my CSM just being like, fucking hell, you're meant to be in recce. Like, you're, you're a fucking embarrassment. And you fucking cut deep because you do have those like expectations and you do have that like that pressure on you. Same as if you're like a fucking sniper and you're like, I'm not saying I've ever seen it, but, you know, if a fucking sniper misses on the range, people are like, Jesus Christ, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Is, is those pressures and expectations on you, but in a good way, they, they push you to want to be better. Like, I've had fucking moments when I was on my NCO card and that, you know, where I was like, fucking hell, this is difficult. And I'm like, fucking hell, Jake, get a fucking grip. I was like, you're a fucking recce soldier. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, everyone's looking at you to fucking, you know, to take the reins because you're you're a recce, a recce soldier. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly that. And, and a really good example, actually, on my, on my card. One of the other lads, he was a fucking sig skeezer. He uh, he got given command of um, command appointment for uh, recce patrol, and he took me as his as his point man um, onto this fucking village to do like a quick little CTR. I was like, "Yep, sweet, good fucking choice." <laughs> so off we went, and we were like, we snowed up, and I know it was my section commander. He was just kind of like milling about in front of us just before the fucking target, and. Uh, Approach with a bit of caution anyway, because it's, it's one of those weird DSism exercises, um, isn't it? Where you're like, I know that's DS, but are they out of play or are they, in, you know, you're, you're in that weird sort of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a weird one. And then next thing you know, I, I fucking shit you not, just direct fire as a fucking mini flare at us. Uh, 
and there was this initial fucking moment where you're again is that exorcism where you're like is that a fucking compromised is am i being engaged or and i was like right fuck this fired back at him and i was like sweet and then i was like shout out to the other geezer right withdraw and he, he was just like led down in a fucking bush i was like what are you doing i was like mate what let's go do you know what I mean and he's just like looking at me in like shock and i was just like what are you doing let's go like we're in contact here like we're fucking peeling back and he's just sat there and i was like for fuck's sake you know and it, it's interesting when you come across these sort of people that they just don't really understand how to react to these situations and it's it's a weird one because you don't know how you are until it happens yeah you know i've, I've been in a uh situation where I, like, I rolled my car three times um bro fucking hell you've had some wife boy yeah, I had meningitis when I was like fucking 12 as well. Jesus Christ, what else? I've, I've had it. <laughs> I had a bike accident and nearly put a fucking brake bar through my leg. Fuck. Um, hell, man. I missed my femoral artery by like fucking three millimeters or something. Jeez, I would have fucking bled out from that. Um, You're a lucky guy. Yeah, but I, I, I crawled out of my fucking car. That landed on my wheels, do you know what I mean? And you, you get to this point where. As, as, as weird and as cliche as it sounds like your training does take over like, I was patting myself down and I was checking my hands for blood like am I injured no you know you, you don't know how you're going to react to these situations until they just happen and then you do it yeah. but training does help you know and I think you have a you have a better mindset in recce like I said you sort of look back on yourself and you go fucking hell like I've got greater expectations and it's it's something like I said I was only in recce for like about a year there's a lot of things that I've since built on from that knowledge, you know, and I've, I'm not saying I'm a better fucking recce soldier now than when I was in recce, but I've understood and appreciated a lot of things, uh, a lot of things a lot more now as well. So yeah, like I said, like too many people just look at it and they're like, fucking hell, look at the end goal. Don't think about like the, that process that goes into learning it. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's so many things like and you think about like patrol reports and route planning and like you said about using the ground for like navin and stuff like you can't just do it like right, some people are naturally gifted gifted great but you you gain this experience of what works like what's better ground for a more base plate you know actually is it better to put a gun line behind a bun um some sort of feature so they can mpf onto the target instead of direct roll like you know there's, there's so many little fucking considerations and little things uh, that you'll pick up just for experience, you know, but you need to be in those situations to gain that experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah totally. Recce is fucking one of the best, best times of my career, like just being surrounded by fucking awesome people, having that like pride and that purpose. Like it's, yeah. For anyone that... I think that wants to go for it, you know, just, just do it. A hundred percent. Would you say that was your career highlight? Uh, Yeah. I think, up there, probably with Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one It's one of those things that, even in my personal life, it like, really set me up, do you know I mean? Like, understanding a lot more things and, like, the, the value of information. Mm-hmm. Because even now, and especially in this day and age, a lot of people see stuff on Facebook and they, they formulate these opinions and all these little bits of information. I'm like, the first thing I'll do is I'll be like, where did that information come from? Who, who gave that information? What, what? There's so many fucking questions. Just just hearing information isn't intelligence. It's just 
noise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I, I remember being told, like, in recce, like, that's the value of a reconnaissance soldier. They take information and they convert it into intelligence, you know? Because, oh, yeah, great, there's a trap down that road. So fucking what? Like, anyone can find that. Yeah. The value of a fucking recce soldier is telling you, like, what the state of that track is, where that track actually goes, what you can how get up that track. It? You know, how clear yeah, out is it? Your approach is, like, there's, there's so much more fucking information if you've got overhead cover from fucking like to be seen if you like this fucking what's the ground like you know there's so many fucking questions that adds adds to the story of like what's going on you know what i mean let's just wrap it up then and leave the viewers with some white words of wisdom um if you if you would or some lasting thoughts take pictures honest to fucking god i i know it probably sounds like a bit of a fucking cliche coming from me as a photographer in that like and I always get it in my personal life as well. People are like, oh, Jake, I never take pictures as good as yours, yada, yada, yada. But honestly, for the quality of picture I push out now, my favourite picture I've ever taken is not actually a great picture technically. It's the memories and like those, those feelings behind it. And I'll tell you now, like, there are so many points in my career that I haven't got any pictures of. None. I've got no pictures of me at 2-9. No pictures of me going for the commander course. None of me fucking, you know, not really in the artillery. Like, I don't really want to fucking remember most of it, but there's still parts of, like, what, what my story is, you know? And there's, there's so many other little bits. Like, I think I've got, about like, four pictures in my rack. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Take pictures of those stupid little things, even if it's just, you know, you're sat outside the block. Just take pictures of the fucking bloke sat around. You know what? Someone told me the other day, like, there was this, uh, I think it was an American dude who, who got waxed. And uh, the platoon said, man, they were like, fuck, we haven't got any pictures of him. Nothing. You know, like, he's, he's clearly not been forgotten. That's, that's not uh, the point that was said, you know. But it was like nobody had a picture of him. You know, it was a, yeah. it was a weird thing. There's a lot of feelings, there's a lot of emotions. And even if you think it's weird now, you know, you want to take a picture of that fucking, I don't know. Take a picture of your rifle. I've I've took a picture of my rifle when I was in Nigeria. Just and it's it's a weird thing to be like attached to it, but you you do you know take pictures of your kit. You know if you want to start up your own fucking you know Instagram page or whatever, it's pretty cool to, to yeah. push them out like what you rolled at that time. You know, and you, you have those little feelings attached to little things. You know, and I think it's nice to have those memories to look back on. You know, so yeah take pictures good point i've not heard um, i've not heard a, a a wrap up like that in terms of uh take pictures and you're 100 percent right bro because um both my times in afghan 2009 2011 12 we had cameras right so these fancy fucking waterproof sports cameras they were at the time i think they were like fucking six megapixels or something something terrible yeah, yeah really Ali. bad um, <laughs> so the, the photos are all shit and even trying to take a video on them bro it was a non-starter um but at the time we never had gopros all we had was like um really really fucking um basic head cameras they were pretty and weird big. Little yeah they were cheap pretty big and they were terrible quality um but the thing is bro there's so much so much shit that we could have had documented and we could have had, we could have made fucking crazy movies out of it. And this goes for the whole of fucking, the whole of the British Army in that conflict. There's hardly anything, hardly anything. 
the stuff that you see on YouTube, bro, is all the mi- the, the minuscule. There's thousands more hours of fucking combat footage, and you know, acts of fucking valor and stuff that will never ever be, you know, ne- they will never see the light of day because there was no one there to to uh, capture it. Um, and let me tell you one thing: the next war that we get involved in is going to be insane for YouTube videos. Insane. <laughs> Even it's now, like, you look back on, like, some of the, even, like, iStar feeds that are coming out of places like, you know, um, fucking Mosul and stuff like that, like, watching TTPs, like, fucking ISIS and that are getting pretty necky filming it and stuff. Like, I say necky filming it, it's kind of good in the capacity that we can then obtain it and then we can, you know, push our intelligence cycles on it and stuff. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fucking wicked. Yeah. I've got, I've got a great um it's not iStar it's actually off an ah platform um and it's engaging a a taliban fucking uh, plat- uh platoon i think it's a platoon strength uh compound so our alpha company landed on position pretty much on the x in 2009 and they didn't realize it was fucking right next to the the taliban fucking compound uh so they, mm. they landed on the x by accident uh, and all these thirty odd Taliban fucking start running out and taking up farm positions in the uh, in the surrounding area. And this AH mate, there's about four of them. They just unleash. They just unleash hellfires in the in their um, thirty mil fucking he he expo- rounds, just raining down, bro. And they just wax them all. It's about a half hour long video, uh, and I'll I'll send you the, the the link to it so you can have a have a ganders, but. That's one of the coolest um, either sort of I-star AH videos that I've seen online. And uh, it was from my, my, my company, uh, my battalion. It was fucking insane. But um, yeah, in terms of like uh, HM head-mounted uh, cameras, GoPros are going to be the way forward for the next one. And, you know, you see stuff, you know, every now and again, a, an SF or a tier one unit will release or will, a video will be leaked of them doing uh doing raids or doing direct actions or you know doing whatever missions they, they might be doing at the time and you just think right this is the future this is the sort of shit that we're going to be seeing on the regular um and it's you know it's nothing that we haven't been doing for the past 20 no yeah past 20 years but it's just going to be documented from now on and available you know in these unofficial leaks and then in future it's going to be you know widely available i reckon but it's going to be good good for content producers at least so you're lucky that's, that's the that's the great thing for us as well like obviously me and uh, me and jack or every media whatever you want to call him um we're in the same company so, i mean we we're in the falcons together we between us we've got some fucking wicked stuff you're like i i've really dropped off filming really now which is a bit of a shame but um we we review back so much footage like, he'd, he'd record all this fucking stuff from, like, fucking nine different GoPros and fucking mad angles and that, you know? And then we'd look back on it in the block later on and we'd just, like, AAR it and be like, fucking hell, like, that was insane. That was good. You know, and it's good because you're not, you're not picking out the blokes and being, like, I wouldn't drag them in the fucking room and be, like, you know, grab them by the collar and be, like, in front of it, like, what the fuck is that? Like, what the fuck do you think <laughs> you're doing? You know? Because that's, that's not the score, but the, the sharp end of it and the, the reality of it is, like, if you don't get it right there, you're not going to get it right when it fucking matters. Mm-hmm. And if, and that's the point is that like, as commanders, we should fucking care about that. 
you should just go like, oh yeah, that's like prime example. I wanted to post a grenade into this courtyard of this fucking um, run we were doing in the Falklands. Fucking shit move on me. I fucking released the grenade too late, hit the side of the fucking door, uh, the corner of this fucking thing, bounced back and do you know what? Genuinely, the fucking blokes had a fucking real switched on moment. They fucking pushed back, you know, and they got behind hardcover. Me, I just fucking stood there and just died with my fucking mistake. I was like, <laughs> fuck's sake, you know, probably pissed off about it. You know, it was that like, oh, fucking, I'm the last Jack. I'm going to be fucking decent in this. Like, and I kind of knew Jack was there filming it and everything. So I was like, fuck's sake. It was that kind of like, can't get away with this because he's fucking filmed it. But, um, it's those mistakes. Like, the, the reality is, like, that will happen for real. Like, if it happens in training, obviously people will fucking have, have fuck ups with grenades. Like, there's plenty of fucking videos on YouTube of it. Yeah, it happened with me. Where was, we were clearing an area and it had a bunch of tunnels and uh, bunker positions in, in, in it. And it was a tunnel uh, tunnel entrance that was in the side of a, a like a river, a, a wadi type thing. And uh, the bottom, it was like the mud that the, you know, the Marines train in the, in the mud flats. It was like that thick yeah, yeah. fucking sludge that mud. Was silt, it? So, yeah. yeah, so there was no threat. There was no like contact coming from this fucking bunker, like this uh, tunnel waste, tunnel system. But, you know, fucking, we were throwing grenades down them anyway. So anyway, I fucking went up to the side of it, pushed the grenade in, and then as I went to turn around, I fucking, my, like, I completely slipped in the mud. My whole my whole body was, like, exposed to the entranceway. And literally, it was, like, just, like, fucking leper crawling away. And it, it blasted as my feet were, like, at the back. Never got any shrapnel, like, thank fuck. But I was lucky. Like, it does happen, bro. Like, um, yeah. And there's, I guarantee you, mate, tier one units have got the exact same shit that happens as well. So, you know, you can't, just because you're trained well doesn't mean that you can, you know, make sure that there's absolutely zero fuck ups. There's always going to be fuck ups. It doesn't mean that you're a poor soldier or your your skills and drills are poor. It just means it's an unfortunate event, and it you know you have to be ready for it though. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got a mate who works in is uh, a civvy mate who works in health and safety, and uh, he's like a health like health and safety inspector, or like some fucking absolute boring shit like that. But we had an interesting <laughs> conversation about it, saying that they had like a quota and they said it's up for debate for them where they say like, ah, oh, do you have an acceptable amount of um, incidents? And I said, no, you shouldn't. Because if you say, oh, any mistake is acceptable, then it breeds that culture of being like, let's say you have like, so I think their figures was like nine or something. Nine a year is kind of acceptable. And I was like, no, because then if you come to the third incident and you, you know, you hit April or whatever the fucking reset is and you go, ah, fuck it. Like we've got, we've got fucking quick mass on those six or whatever it is to play with. Um, oh yeah, it's six. Nice one. Um, you, do you know what I mean? You, <laughs> I you've got those fucking, <laughs> you've got them fucking mistakes to play with and people slip into that attitude. And it's, it's that thing that I think, uh, I've heard like NASA do. They don't have too much X, you know, is it, it's a top tier fucking level of, of operating where you are held accountable to your mistake or you will fucking die with it. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking bottom line of it, you know? And he, he said, oh yeah, but you then breed the culture of nobody wants to be the one that reports the incident, you know? Nobody wants to be the one that reports the fucking 10th incident and pushes it over. Yeah, fair enough. But then that's where you need a good leadership to, to accept those mistakes, you know? 
and me and the Lance Jacks, we had an opportunity in, in the Falklands. We always tried to fucking run that fucking culture of like, if you've got a fucking mistake, come to us, you know? And the one time fucking someone didn't, it went fucking wild. You know, I, I won't go into what happened, but it fucking shouldn't have done. You know, it could have just been sorted out between us. Um, and that, that kind of like hit me a little bit personally, to be completely honest with you, because it almost felt a little bit betrayed because I was like, well, I'll treat everyone with respect, you know. The least I expect is for you to come to me with a fucking problem, like, because, not because I'm the lance jack and because it's my job, but because I'm actually a fucking same bloke, be a bit arrogant about that one, you know, and that you should respect me enough and know that if you have got a problem, you can come to me, you know, in the same capacity of what we were talking about earlier, like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not just going to laugh in your face and be like, oh, fuck you and your problem. I know people that have done that. You know, I've seen the effects of it and it's not good. It's it's that mentality that's fucking put us in the position we're in now, you know? See, some, sometimes you do, like you said, it is the fucking army. You know, there are mistakes that we cannot fucking let, let slide, you know? Sometimes people are just fucking shit people, you know? That's the reality of it. But trying to promote that culture of like it's okay to make mistakes because like, the army's so fucking scared of failures and there's mm -hmm. there's nothing really that wrong with failures if we learn from it the real failure is failing to learn from it you know that's that's genuinely what i believe like there's so many you know what i'll take that back from like my relationship problems at the moment there's things that have been learned from that you know there's there's experiences that have been taken from the artillery there's fucking all these things like they might they might seem like shit at the time and it might be fucking like oh that didn't go fucking well or you know or dropped all these shots on a fucking shoot or whatever but why that's that's the better fucking question it's not wallowing self-pitying me like this is fucking shit like why me ask like why did this happen how can i not make it happen again you know bro that's that's probably a better way of fucking thinking of me i reckon but I don't, think well, a, I don't think there's a better way to end this when you just came around to the self-realization that why me isn't a good good way to look at things. That's a fucking you've came full circle. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the mindset. That is the. I think that's that's the best thing, and a lot of people have said that about leaving the military is a is a fucking hard thing. I reckon like I'm terrified. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it is a scary fucking thing, but. Everyone's right. Like we've been given so many fucking skills and like these these mindsets. We've been given experiences to think like quite genuinely. I've been within like what twelve feet of a pack of hyenas. I don't know if you've ever seen hyenas at night, but they are fucking massive. Mm -hmm. Like you can spend it in scavengers, but if you go to Kenya and it's fucking dry season and those fuckers are desperate, they will rip you apart. You know. But if you can walk, literally walk out of that situation and just, we we just ignored them. We were just like, right, well, they're really going to wrap us up. Because we were on, on on a timing and we were like, fucking, we haven't got time to get wrapped up by fucking hyenas. Yeah. Better get going. <laughs> so, crazy, it? It's mad. Yeah, but like, you get through situations like that, you're like, fucking hell, like, what really is the worst that can happen, you know? So, yeah. I, I think the military's great. I, I genuinely do. Like, I'm, I'm happy I'm leaving. You know, my, my time's fucking calm and I'm, I'm genuinely like I'm scared, but I'm excited for what the fucking future is going to hold. You know, the the world's fucking full of possibilities, and it's it's going to be great. Well, but, the good thing is, like I said, mate. Now, now you've got no ties. 
you've got no ties whatsoever to hold you down you don't have a mortgage you don't have a fucking anything to hold you down whatsoever you can literally take your life and do whatever whatever the fuck you want to do whatever you want to do there's nothing holding you back right now and you know you're you're one in a million at the minute bro because there's a lot of people that are fucking struggling struggling just to fucking put food on the table and you're in a good position where you can you've got the opportunity now that the day that you the day that you you, uh hand your id card in it's going to be tough mentally it's going to be tough on the old on on the old ticker on the heart but the day you walk out of camp you can get you can go straight down to heathrow get in a plane and go wherever the fuck you want and do whatever the fuck you want anything i'm talking anything bro What's holding you back from doing anything that you want to do? That's the thing, isn't it? Is that it's only yourself. It's only in your mind, you know? Yeah. And if we've learned anything in the military, it's fucking your mind can can be your worst enemy or it can be your greatest asset. Exactly. Yeah. All right, yeah. bro. I don't think there's a better way to finish on, on that positive note there. Uh, but let me tell you one thing. Thank you very much for being so candid and so open. Uh, it's very refreshing to hear a fucking uh a gentleman like yourself fucking open up and um you know just be completely completely vulnerable uh in a male dominant uh an alpha male dominant environment and let's it's it's fucking humbling to to hear hear your story and um hear the the sort of shit that you've had to deal with um and listen i only wish you the best of the future and like we said the, the comms are always open um and i want you to stay in touch um and let me know what your plans are uh i'll obviously be keeping in touch and and following you on the on the and on the page as well but mate i fucking it's been an absolute pleasure getting to sit down and shoot the shit with you <laughs> cheers bro i appreciate i appreciate it's been, been a long one and fucking I, I love to fucking spin a day i fucking absolutely love it blokes <laughs> would always turn around to me and be like oh water you were wrecky were you oh you never talk about it got <laughs> me little fuckers but um no i, I Likewise, I, I genuinely really appreciate like having me on, giving me like a you know like a, a platform to voice a lot of this stuff. And it's like I said, it's always great to like get these things off the chest. And yeah. the the same thing with with a lot of other, obviously I, I listen to the podcast and now I was listening to the uh, I forget his fucking name now. I was so bad with names. The uh, the Aussie geezer. I fucking love that episode. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's things like that. Like when am I ever going to listen to what an Australian fucking special forces operator's got to say? On like, long on long form as well exactly do you know what I mean and look it's, it's such a this is why I love podcasts you know I don't get in the car and listen to fucking music and shit get in the car listen to podcasts learn stuff even if it's just like how other people think and stuff and it's it's great like I said there's so many fucking cool dits out there that nobody's ever going to hear and I appreciate it. there's a lot of effort going in on your end like you're a busy man in your own fucking time you know and then we're doing this later later on in the day um but taking your time to like give people that voice, you know, to, to air right. out these dates and the fucking, it's cool. I, I for one definitely appreciate it, man. Thank Cheers, you. mate. Yeah, I appreciate that too. All right, man. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Good night. Cheers, man. See ya. <laughs>